here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Palmer bet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ on Thursday the 12th of August and we had some random chat. I'm not going to lie. We started off with a bit of wrestling, but old school WWF, WWE, the Hulkamania, Hulk Hogan's time frame. And then we moved on to some more serious stuff before we got on to Izzy's cook show. We asked everyone for some random food pairings, and didn't they come for that subject? It was fantastic. We also had Izzy Westbury join us from SENZ up in the UK, where, of course, we are covering the England versus India test series, and we're live ball-by-ball coverage up there. We had Guy Havelt joining us from isolation, and we had Phil Jones reminiscing on the 2002 Tall Blacks exploits and then we just chatted All Blacks and, well, Izzy, you really found your niche with the All Blacks and the text machine, they came out in full force to support you. Yeah, we started talking selections and who we think is going to be in there or who's best fitted for that All Black side, but reality is we have no idea. They're about to name the team today and I look forward to hearing what the All Blacks have done re-selections. And about food, classic potato chip and Marmite sandwich, I'm hungry. I'm going to go get one. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Kia ora and good morning to all of Aotearoa. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. We are by Kiwis and we are for Kiwis. And it is just after 6am on Thursday, the 12th of August. Today we've got many things to talk through. We're going to start off on a pretty random note, but we'll get to that shortly. Give us a call at any stage on 0800 one five oh eight eleven. Or I think this text machine might blow up today. I really do. I think we've got a topic which might just ignite the text machine. Double eight, double three when you get a chance. It is an absolute pleasure to welcome my co-host Izzy Dag onto the show. Izzy, good morning. Can you smell what is he's cooking? <laughs> yes, Vazza. Vazza, Vazza, Vazza. It's a great morning, mate. It's great to be back on the airways with my good mate, Brendan McCullum. And yes, have we got a fun show for you today. We're going to be talking all things sport, but also we'll be chatting all things. What do you reckon, mate? Well, I think you've given us a beautiful segue with your... Can you smell <laughs> the rock is cooking? I think we should talk WWF or talk wrestling. Why not? Big Murray. Murray said to us yesterday, about 45 minutes into the show, I thought this was a sports station. Any stage you're going to talk sport. Well, we still want to keep it lighthearted. So we're going to talk sort of sport and we're going to talk wrestling. Gerard Waitley, one of the absolute geniuses from over in SCN, over in Australia. He is the biggest uh, wrestling fan that I that I know and I've had the privilege at times to share the airways with with him and yesterday he went on a bit of a spiel about wrestling and it just got me thinking is we need to we need to go through and have a look at some of the all-time great wrestlers we're doing our top 25 sporting moments in New Zealand of the last 25 years but what about the top 25 wrestlers of the of the previous generation I'm going to start it off mate we've obviously got Hulk Hogan 
Hulk Hogan's probably the most renowned wrestler going around. Who was your favourite wrestler from back in the day? Who was my favourite wrestler? Uh, mate, I can't. I, I've been rambling on since we've spoken about this, but I've been bringing up names, great memories, but I can't go past The Undertaker, mate. The Undertaker, for me, will go down in history as the greatest wrestler of all time. And I always remember the situation. We are in Hawke's Bay, and I was only a young fellow, and we, we used to play this game, so... We had a we had a tramp we had a we had a tramp in the backyard and in the middle it had a hole in it, so it had a hole in it. So that was our ring. That was our Royal Rumble. And I was the youngest brother, <laughs> and um, all of us brothers would go inside. So we'd go inside and we'd get dressed up. So we'd get dressed up. Funny story. My brother would come out and he'd be in his you know they had like the um, oh, who was it ah the Ultimate Warrior would wear those undies and he'd wrap things around his guns and stuff like that and then you go inside and put yeah. you know, your sister's makeup on to act like you're the Ultimate Warrior. So brothers would go inside, they'd dress up as the Ultimate Warrior, come out doing all the running around and things like that. I'd go in and my my brother had this long coat, had this long coat and he had a big wide brim brim hat. So I'd go inside and put on this long black jacket brim hat, walk out, I'd last one minute because I was the youngest brother, so they'd just pick me up, throw me out of the ring, it was game <laughs> over. And it was just my older brothers, Bahan and PJ, they'd be on there having a full noise Royal Rumble. Uh, mate, oh, <laughs> wrestling just brings back so many memories. What an absolute sport it is. It's changed a lot these days, though. I haven't really got into it lately, but I love the old olden days. Well, well, have a listen to this, mate. So when I was doing a bit of research, actually the ultimate worry, I've, I've, stum- I've stumbled across him. So they rank players, well, players, heels I think they call them, not players. They rank heels based on many different aspects. One is their look, the other one is their in-ring abilities, and then the other one is their mic skills and their marketability. How's about this for the Ultimate Warrior? He was famously short on wrestling talent, and his limited moveset consisted <laughs> mainly of clothes lines. He was able to make even the best workers in the business look horrible, and you can count the good matches he had on one finger of one hand. So he got 2 out of 10 for that. But overall, he rated 34 out of 50, which put him into the top 25. Now, they talk about um, they talk about the attributes, and, and they say the mic skills that is required. Charisma is vitally important in the wrestling business, and if you cannot add something to your feuds and storylines with words, then the chances are you will not be elevated to superstardom. Now, it got me thinking is, what sort of wrestler, one of the top 25, who would Izzy Dag be? So, <laughs> I, went, <laughs> I, think, I think you might be a bit of a hybrid of a couple. So let me, do you remember Mr. Perfect is? Yeah, yeah, Mr. Perfect is blue. I don't have a setup like that, but I'll take that, mate. <laughs> Kurt, Kurt Henning, right. Korea. Kurt was the AWA world champion. He had successful tenures with both WWF and WC. Anyway, the look. Kurt lived the perfect gimmick and his chiseled physique and cocky smile perfectly represented the character he was supposed to be portraying. That could be you as, you know. <laughs> Bret Hart described him as the greatest ever opponent and according to almost anyone, Kurt was a pleasure to work with because he was able to make his opponent look better than they were. Mr. Perfect has countless five-star matches. And then it goes on and goes on. And then Mark, uh, where is it? Mike Skills. Hennig managed to become one of the leading heels in the business when he was the Intercontinental Chan- Champion. This was largely due to his Mike Skills. They had such faith in his talking ability that gave him the place on the primetime panel alongside Bobby Heenan. So I thought there's a bit of Izzy Dag in that, in the, the Mike Skills <laughs> in particular. 
And then the other one was Ted DiBiase. <laughs> you remember Ted DiBiase? <laughs> Ted DiBiase. Remember the million Ted, dollar man? You remember Ted? He was a million dollar man. Don't you start. Wait, wait. Bez, Bez, we've got a, we've got a text here. Hacksaw Jim Duggan from Craig. Oh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. He was right. great. Maybe it's just great. Oh, whatever it is. <laughs> Hacksaw Jim wait, Bez, Duggan. Bez. I don't think he's the Do you know who you remind yeah. me of? You know. If, oh, if I'm going go. down the Bears, if I'm going down the Bears one, the, f- the first guy that <laughs> springs to mind, and all I can think about was those. Don't say Dusty Rhodes. Roll. <laughs> <laughs> those blo- it's actually not a band. He, he'd probably go down as one of the greats, but someone that, that you remind me of. You got a bit of flair, you got a bit of tint, you know, you bring a bit of colour to your hair. So you can't go past me, Ric Flair. Far out. I've lined myself up. He has probably the, one of the one greatest finishing moves. But remember the Flair's figure four leg, leg lock? That's right. I do remember that. That's right. Oh, mate. What? And it, doesn't it just, it makes you smile, doesn't it? Thinking back over the old, wrestlers give us a text some other other old wrestlers you used to love watching double eight double three what about Bray, the bushwhackers. Hart? i'd probably i'd probably think i was more down the line of bushwhackers mate you know how they used to the, the, the pair would walk out they're from new zealand you're, you know you're patriotic kiwi and they'll walk out the bushwhackers here they come and then they'll be walking straight back in 20 seconds later because they never won a bloody wrestling match in their whole entire career <laughs> actually great <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about Shawn Michaels? Oh. Remember him? Shawn oh, the heartbreak kid, Hey, sweet, oi, sweet chin music. Do you know how many times, how many times I've been in, you know, growing up. See, this is bringing back so many memories growing up, and I've just been <laughs> staring at my brother, staring at my brother, and then I'll just start tapping the leg like that, you know, ready to do the sweet chin music on his chin. But reality is I'm about to do it, and I'm going to run because I'll give an absolute hiding. <laughs> oh, mate. Oh, mate. You used to put all what the pillows it, down, eh, out in the lounge after WrestleMania and then just off the oh. top rope, I'd sort of try and tape my brother. <laughs> <top rope. laughs> what, is, what is your greatest fight you, you remember, Bears? Oh, gee, greatest fight. Well, it, ha- it would have to involve Hulk Hogan, surely. Was it? I mean, yeah. during that whole Hulkamania era. But was it WrestleMania? He won WrestleMania, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he did. I can't remember what would be yours. Oh, do do you remember when um, Undertaker and Mankind they had this they had this full blown battle and it went on forever. And they went out to the boiler room or the steamer room and they're out the back and then they had uh, they were back inside and they were in the cage and Mankind had to had the mandible claw. You know, put the finger in the mouth and rip it to shreds and things like that. But I remember that. That was one of my, that that was the greatest fight, I reckon. Um, Undertaker and Mankind, the, the love-hate relationship they had. Mankind was an absolute little gremlin. He'd, he'd run around and do some nasty things. And Undertaker was, he was our saviour. So that, for me, would probably go go down as uh, as one of the greatest fights. Well, funny you say the Undertaker. So he is actually ranked number two on this list as... He's ranked number two. He was the longest serving wrestler in the WWE for a long for, for that period of time. Perhaps the only person that can claim to have been a star in the early 90s, a star in the Attitude Era, and a star in the PG Era. 
So, and they called, his look was the dead man character is one of the most successful of all time. There we go. And he was, yeah, he, his mic skills, they gave him a 6 out of 10 for his mic skills. I thought his mic skills were pretty average, actually. What did you think? His mic skills were very average because he never spoke, mate. He just rolled his eyes yeah, and, well. and that would go all that go all white. But you know the way he didn't have to talk. He walked out. He just held a presence, you know. And his ability, his ability, mate. He was magical. His ability to be able to turn out the lights with just a flash of his arms. You know, he'd put up his arms and go, <laughs> and, then, and then he'd just drop them, and the whole stadium would go black. <laughs> How good's that? Yeah. He didn't have to talk, mate. He had the power well, of his market ability. Magical powers. <laughs> his markability, the fan reaction when the going, when the gong hits is still unrivaled, and the taker always has been and will remain a huge attraction. Ten out of ten on the markability front. There you go. That is the Undertaker. Yeah, well, there's a few other texts text in there, mate. Yeah, yeah, we got a text here. Ravishing Rick Rude with his hips. WWF every <laughs> Friday night before set footy. Best fight: Hulk versus Suez in championship. There you go, Hulk versus Suez in Championship. I don't remember that one. I'm gonna have to look yeah? that one up. I'm gonna have to look that one up later on today. Is it, what's that other text there about Smitty? Read that one out. S Smithy is definitely the big boss man. I don't get that one, but anyway, you, you get it. <laughs> oh, Smithy! Oh, Smithy! <laughs> Sorry, I'm not gonna poke I've the beer. Okay, <laughs> don't poke the beer. <laughs> <laughs> Don't poke the bear. Louis poked the bear yesterday, and it didn't work out any good for us. Don't poke the bear. What about uh, who's it? Oh, the junkyard dog? Yeah, that's from. Wait, Jason. Who would, that's who would beaver be? Who would the beaver be? Who would the beaver be? Who would we put the beaver as? Oh, <laughs> let us know. Who do you think the beaver would be out of old school wrestlers? Double eight, double three. The beaver. What? Who would he be? I saw a photo of him yesterday. I'm not sure he was in any wrestling sort of capabilities yesterday. <laughs> um, and what? And who do you think's number one on that list as well? Send that through. Double eight, double three. Who is number one on this list of top twenty-five? It's a little bit subjective, isn't it? <laughs> oh, you got a great one. You got a great message here, Baz. Me and the older brother used to hit each other over the head with those dinner trays, those flat trays you put on your <laughs> yeah. lap to keep your dinner plate stable while eating on the couch. When we were kids, like the WWF uh, chair shots, walk through a door, bang, tray shot. Great times. We used to do that too, mate. Because on TV, you know, on TV, that it looks real, but obviously they, they, they handle it and the way they portray it on the, on the screen it actually looks like at home we can do it <laughs> when you do it at home it absolutely hurts <laughs> it doesn't transition to home life no it doesn't but it's great and back then it seemed like the right thing to do anyway we'll get on to more of this chat after i reckon because this could go anywhere this chat uh coming up today we've got phil jones we're going to reminisce on as we talked about the top 25 sporting moments and the Tall Blacks will hope, well, surely they will be a presence in those moments. We've got Guy Havelt, who was good crack. He's in isolation, so he'll have plenty to chat to us about as well. And a whole host of other topics to get through. But for now, we are talking all things wrestling. It is 6.17 here in the morning. I'm Baz and Izzy for breakfast. And a big thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. 
22 minutes past six. 0800 is the Kennard's Hire phone line. Give us a call. You've been absolutely loving the WWE or WWF chat this morning. So give Baz and Izzy a call and let us know what do you think. And the text line is double eight double three. That's been flying. A lot of text today that could definitely be coming away with text of the week to win that temper pillow valued at $299. And the text of the month, challenging for the big one, uh, for the temper bed with $10,000, there's some superb texts there that I think you, you Baz, you're going to be pushing hard for. Oh, I certainly am, Louis. Beaver has to be the has to be Jake the Snake. Limited talent, <laughs> but one great move. Put your name to oh. it, Olivia. That's great chat. Yeah, and... What's this one? Rowdy Roddy Piper is greatest heel ever. Well, that's true. Rowdy Roddy Piper was good crack. I I read this thing on Jake the Snake, okay? This this might. You tell me whether it lines up with Beaver or not. I think it's a bit tough. says, his look. Roberts could be very convincing in portraying a bona fide sicko, and his serpentine companion only added to his mistake. That's a bit tough on the Beaver, isn't it? (laughs) Oh, that's (laughs) tough on the Beaver. That is tough on the Beaver, Rocky, whoever whoever thought that the beaver is Jake the Snake, that's a bit stiff. What about what about some of our other companions? What about Grant Elliott? What sort of wrestler would Grant Elliott be? That would be an interesting one. Let us know. Double eight, double three. What about um, Izzy? What about other sportsmen that could transition into a career in wrestling? Anyone off the top? Of your I head? think. Well, um, Andre the Giant's just come to fruition on, in my thoughts. And who do I think Andre the Giant is? I think someone like a Wyatt Crockett, uh, all the way down in Nelson. He'd be a, he'd be an Andre the Giant. You know, I thought I think he'd look good in those little tight little spandex he wears. And uh, <laughs> he's kind of he's kind of got the same kind of physique as Andre the Giant, similar kind of jawline. Um, so someone like Andre the Giant would definitely be a Wyatt Crockett. <laughs> Oh, uh, you got to read that next text. That's gold. Beaver is ravishing Rick Rude. No, I thought you were <laughs> ravishing Rick Rude. To be honest, oh, here we turn go. Turn it up. You turn could, it up. You could pass. You could pass off as the Rockers, Shawn Michaels, and Marty Genity. I don't know Marty Genity. Oh. I have to do some Google on that one. Who's yeah. Marty Genity? You know Marty? No, I don't know Marty. I wonder who Marty was. He wasn't, um, nah, nah, that's, I'm thinking of Brett the Hitman Hart and um, Anvil, I'm thinking of. Um, well, we can't really spend all day on wrestling as much as you and I would like to, but just a quick one. Let us know. There's five categories for wrestling, okay, for this ranking. The career of the wrestler, the look of the wrestler, the in-ring ability of the wrestler is, the mic skills and the markability. They're not wrestlers either, are they? called heels. So these are five categories. Now let us know who out of the current day sportsmen or even just recently retired maybe would make good wrestlers and why. But we shouldn't talk all, all day about about wrestling. <laughs> what, what about this um, a slightly more more uh, serious subject? What about Troy Bowker situation? Is that how you say his name? Bowker? Troy Bowker? Yeah, yeah. Troy Bowker's out of... Uh... <clears throat> Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting wee little setup we got going on. Not really. I like to totally don't agree with what he's come out and he's he's said. And the thing about it is he's 
pretty much just said just because he's rich, blah, 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 he can do what he wants. You know, he's, he, I've heard some comments about him saying that. He's got to understand that 80% of, the, 80% of the Hurricanes franchise are Pacific or Māori um, ethnicities. You know, he's got a lot of Pacific Islanders in that team. And we've already seen yesterday with TJ Piranara uh, coming out and front-footing it. And I'm not surprised TJ's done that. He's very passionate about his heritage and where he comes from. And that's the thing. Just this day and age that we live in, there's still people out there that, that, that think it's okay to to go down those those kind of lines. And, uh, you know, and the hurt that it does for, for people out there in the community. So... Look, I, I totally don't agree with um, with Troy. Look, I don't know all the details behind the, the situation. I know there's a lot more underlying factors, but from what I've read and what I've heard, um, yeah, I think it's disgusting behaviour, to be honest, Bez. Yeah, I couldn't agree, actually, mate. It's one thing to have an, a strong opinion, and it's another thing to to sort of lean towards the, the racism or... or um, categorization of people and especially when you're in a privileged position where you've got impact over many different um, many different walks of life and, and backgrounds and yeah I think TJ Piranara he very rarely misses the mark when he goes to the wall on, on a topic and when he really puts his name in mm. behind it and I think you know he's done this again because he believes full uh, wholeheartedly in it and I think he's going to get immense amount of support in well, this challenge of well, that's that's the thing. Part is. of Troy Barker. That, that's the thing that, that like the thing is he like a lot of the players in that environment would, would feel like they're too young, they're probably um, too afraid to stand up. So when you got a senior guy like that with so much respect, so much mana, that actually fronts foot it, front foot to from the get go. That and then and then after that he'll get a lot of support from the younger guys that are probably too afraid to speak up. You know this is our. Our majority shareholder, you know, Troy Bowker, he's he pretty much you know, owns the team, but the reality is he, he doesn't. And um, I know New Zealand Rugby have come out and they've front-footed it and said that they don't agree and they're going to have to step in. And um, uh, look, uh, just just I don't know the man, but from from his comments that I've read, you know, uh, which pretty much say I'm rich, I've got lots of money, I can do what I want. You know, that that to me just kind of defines kind of person he is. <laughs> Would you say stuff like that, like? You know, like we've got money. Yeah, mate, I know. I know people well, that have got, well, got a lot of money too, and they don't go go on caring about carrying on like that. You know, so just stay in your lane, bud. Oh, there's always someone with a bigger boat, right? Remember that story about um, yeah. was it uh, Rupert Murdoch? I think it was, and he was sitting at the casino table, and some American bloke was banging on about how he was worth twenty million or whatever, and he just turned around and said to him, "I'll flip you for it," and the bloke dropped it. <laughs> Dropped his <laughs> dropped his nuts right then and there and went went missing. So you gotta be very careful. There's always someone out there with a bigger boat, so you might just wanna stay in your lane. Anyway, as I'm sure we're gonna get some feedback on that too. So good strong opinions from you there is and I couldn't agree more, mate. And backing up your mate T J Piranara, who is a strong spokesman for things that he firmly believes in and this is a classic example of it. So this is uh, Baz and Izzy for breakfast. We're coming up to 6.30, which means it's time for Trudy with the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Thank you, Trudy. 29 minutes away from 7 o'clock. Loving the energy this morning. It's time for a love racing.nz update, though. Uh, racing's biggest fan there at NZTR, I can assure you of that. And yesterday, it was Grand National Hurdles Day and the Cossack 
came out on top for Paul Nelson. Now, Paul Nelson has had so many good jumpers in his time, but he rates the Cossack potentially his best ever. Actually, his best ever. It's incredible, he said. It's not often a horse can win three big ones in the same year, and this horse has done that. Well, that's right. The Wellington Hurdle, the Waikato Hurdle, and now the Great and the Great Northern Hurdle last year at Ellerslie, and now the Grand National Hurdle. What a marvel this horse is. He says it's probably the best we've ever had. It's kind of hard to disagree, although you think about the names gone by. There were doubters about whether he would handle the heavy track, but I was more worried about it was whether he was too fresh, said Nelson. No worry indeed. He dropped them and really kind of pulled away over the closing stages. But I know everybody will be wanting me to front foot this. Yesterday our guy Paul Moate told me that they were going to stick a bonus back offer and for a, a Louis tip, and I said, OK, I'll go to the well, see what I can find. <laughs> You go to look at race seven from yesterday and, and you look there and Chili Phillies won, absolutely kicked them in. So Naturals run second. Glorious Ocean. No, that's not my horse. Celine. You have to go down to the bottom of the page. 21.4 lengths behind them. Desert Magic. This might be the worst tip I've ever given out of my life. I'm, I don't know. I don't know if it could have gone much worse, Baz. The mud swallowed it up and... The mud, I felt like I, I wish I could be there and just fall into the earth as well, knowing how many hard-earned punters had stuck on. I apologise. I apologise, team. Yeah. Well, I think, I think it was a really good lesson, wasn't it? it was, the lesson was that when Paul Moati tries to put you under the pump late, you actually just have to refuse. You just have to say, mate, I'm sorry. You haven't given me enough time. I'm not going to put my punting and racing expertise and, and, uh, yep. and um abilities on uh, yep. on the line yep. just for you Paul yeah just so just so that we can fill up the the TAB's coffers we're not doing that yeah that's what you should have said yeah you bang on and I, I got lulled in and it's a heavy dip track at, at Rickerton and I got lulled in by Paul he's so jokey jovial you know your best mate and he sucked us all in so and I've just delivered a terrible <laughs> tip I apologize as he embarrassed anyway I'll go back into my hole <laughs> we'll put a line through it don't worry about it Next time, eh? And and to be fair, the market followed you because it was four twenty into three eighty when you tipped it, and then it went. It actually closed at three twenty. So look, you're not the only. You weren't the only mug in this situation, Louis. Maybe might have got a little bit B, B McCullum's money as well, just quietly. But anyway, that's neither by the by. <laughs> just a slight correction that it wasn't um, Rupert Murdoch with that story I was I was mentioning just quickly before. It was actually Kerry Packer. So thanks for the correction on that one as well, Josh. Um, Izzy, I I do love your strong opinions about this Troy Barker stuff too. I think um, you know I think sometimes you just gotta you gotta realise when you're so far off the mark and the temperature of something is red hot. And at the moment, I just feel that situation is red red hot, and it'll be really interesting to see um, what as in Trudy's news she said in New Zealand Rugby Union we're looking into it. And looking at stepping in, well, they need to step in because they need to do something pretty yeah. serious about this. I think it's a pretty hot topic and and you don't want anything to really affect the brand of, of rugby in New Zealand, right? 100%, mate. It's, uh, it's one of those touchy subjects, like I just said. I just, yeah, it's like on the outside in, we could all just see what all the, all the information that we get fed, but there's probably a lot of things behind the scenes that uh, need to be spoke about, need to be discussed, and um, New Zealand Rugby with um, Mark Robinson will we'll step in and, and make the right decisions. And 
probably sit the players down because I know 100% that the players will boycott it and they won't want to play for that team. And uh, with, with most of them being Pacific Islander uh, ethnicities from, from the region. So, yeah, it's, it's a touchy subject. Yeah. Time to act would be the would be the catch cry, I think, there. And it is time to act for us as well, keeping in mind that Quizzy Zag is on the other side of this little break, and that is going to be good. Izzy was at his finest yesterday with Quizzy Dag, and see if you're good enough to come and compete with the Iz Master, the Quiz Master. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast, and it is 37 minutes past six. 0800 150 811. It's time for Quizzy Dag. So get on to the Kennards Hire phone line and give us a call right now if you want a chance to win a $50 TAB bonus. But you don't have to follow my tips in. You can do whatever you like with it. There's some great text stacking up there too. Double eight, double three. When you do text, you put yourself right there to potentially come away with a temper queen size bed valued at $10,000 for text of the month. And text of the week wins that temper pillow vest worth 299 but right now we need you to call we want you to call because we want to we want to celebrate with someone 0800 150 811 on the Kennards Hire phone line for this it's Quizzy Dag a quiz for the ages to prove yourself the quiz master the is master stay with me Oh, this might be an absolute disaster. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, if you think you got what it takes, give us a call on 0800 150 811. <laughs> well, there we go. There we go. You know what time it is. It's Quizzy Dag time. And have I got a quiz for you? This is a toughie, actually, today. This is a real toughie. I don't know if you get it, so I can understand why you're all scared out there and you don't want to give us a go, uh, you know, because it's very tough. So, Tim, got a great, great uh, text message here, and I want Tim to give us a call, actually. Tim, the teacher from Mount Pleasant. I reckon you go good at this quiz. He said, Morena is a nata and Bazatron, possible <laughs> wrestling names. Further to my text rebang this yesterday, about 70 countries have never won a single medal at the Olympics. I kid you not. Kurt Angle, my favourite wrestler and a former Olympic gold medalist to boot. Cheers, Tim, the teacher. So, Tim, give us a call. 0800-150-811. Anyway, we've got Dean on the line. Good morning, Dean. Hey, how you going? Yeah, good, mate. Good, mate. Thanks for calling in. We've got five questions. You get them all right, mate. You win the TAB voucher worth $50. You ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know how I'm going to go, All good. First, first <laughs> question, mate. Luka Doncic. Signed the five-year deal, two hundred and seven million dollar deal with the, with with which NBA franchise? Uh, Dallas Mavericks. Beautiful, beautiful, good start. Okay. Apart from the penalty try, who was the first player to score a try in the first Rugby World Cup game in um, nineteen eighty-seven? Oh, I've got no idea. Uh... Five, four, three, yeah, two, no idea, sorry. one. Bad luck, bad luck, Dino. Thanks for calling in, mate. Kevin, good morning, Kevin. Hello there, how are you? Yeah, good, mate. You hear that question? Apart from the penalty try, who was the first player to score a try in the first Rugby World Cup game in 87? Was it Michael Jones? Yes, yes. Well done. Well done. Next question. Where did you 
where did New Zealand finish in the 2004 FIBA Basketball World Cup? Um, fourth, I think. Yes, yes. Well done, well done. It was actually 2002, apologies. Uh, which New Zealand <laughs> cyclist is the latest rider to sign with the defending Tour oh. de France champions? God, I heard this the other day. Now, I used to I can't remember his name. Oh, God. Oh, no. I can't remember his name. Five, four, oh, yeah. three, yeah, two, No, I can't one. remember his name. Yeah. Oh, Kevy, Kevy, Kevy. Unlucky, yeah, bud. Better luck next yeah, time. That was it, actually it. a real toughie. That was a real, oh, real I toughie. I actually didn't know that one. Oh, never mind. You can go Google it now and you'll be absolutely disgusted because you knew it. Anyway, Richie, Richie, good morning. Oh, Richie's just having a few technical difficulties. There you go, Richie, Richie. G'day. G'day. G'day, Richie. Here you got the number four, mate. You're two away from 50 bucks. Which New Zealand cyclist is the latest rider to sign with the defending Tour de France champions? George Bennett. Something. George Bennett. There you go. Well done. All right, last question. This is toughie. How many Paralympic gold medals has Sophie Pascoe won? Five, four, three, two, one. Oh, bugger, bugger, bugger. Unlucky, Richie, mate. You have a great day, eh? Yes. Better luck tomorrow, mate. Better luck tomorrow. Oh, there you go, Bears. I've won it. So I've clocked it. it it's still easy. You've got it. Still I'm easy. Not sure about that. I'm not sure Why about not? That. You might. I told. Well, yesterday I told my dad to call him. Dad, if you if you're listening, give us a call, Dad. All right. Give us a call, Dad. We got Jordan. Jordan. Oh, hi there. Hey, mate. Hey, mate. Here you go. Last question. $50. How many Paralympic gold medals has Sophie Pascoe won? Now, you're going to get this straight the bu- off the bat, aren't you? Go. I think it's 15. Gold medals? Oh, gold. Uh... How Ooh. many Paralympic gold eight. medals has Sophie Pascoe won? Uh, eight. Five. Bugger, bugger. Unlucky, mate. Close. Simon. There you go. Yeah, good, mate. Last question for 50 bucks. Surely, how many Paralympic gold medals has Sophie Pascoe won? Five, four. Something with Google. Oh, he's dropped out. He's gone. He's gone. No one can get this. (laughs) Ryan. Ryan, save me now. Save me now, Ryan, please. How many Paralympic gold medals... How, what is it? Nine. Well done, mate. Well done. You had half a show to Google that. Well done, mate. Congratulations. You won $50. Stay online, mate. The team will sort you out. Oh, good work, is go, Another good edition of Quizzy Dag. Excellent work, mate. It's 11 minutes away from seven. And coming up after the break, we've got Izzy Westbury, SENZ commentator, who's going to preview the England versus India test match, which is coming up. Baz and Izzy for breakfast on ECNZ. 
Six minutes away from seven, and tonight from 10 o'clock, we've got Test Match Cricket again gracing the airwaves, and don't we love that, Baz? We're so lucky as well because we've got a gun commentary team over in the UK who are able to bring us all of that ball-by-ball live coverage of the second t- test between a couple of commercial heavyweights in the New Zealand uh, in the World Game, England and India. And we're lucky that we have been joined by commentator uh, Izzy Westbury, who is teaming up alongside the likes of Adam Collins and New Zealand's very own Jeremy Coney as well. So we're very delighted to welcome you to Baz and Izzy for breakfast this morning. Izzy, good morning. Good morning. I feel like this is the show made for me. I'm, I'm Izzy Mac 2 here. Well, that's actually... Yeah, Izzy wants to know. He's got a quick question for you around Hutchie as well, the boss. <laughs> Izzy, you got a question there, mate? Yeah, it's Izzy, it's Izzy. Who do you think Hutchie's favourite <laughs> Izzy is? <laughs> oh, I couldn't possibly comment, but do you reckon that that's why we got the job? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hey Izzy, before we really rip into the cricket stuff, I just saw a tweet you said, you said, well, uns- unsure what is more tedious chat, speculation around <laughs> the physical fitness of grown men the day before they do their job or the financial transaction for a 30-something year old man who will be paid lots of money to play for a club that everyone already knew he was going to play for. Well, you come to the right station because we talk WWE <laughs> racing, so, uh, wrestling, so who's your favourite wrestler from back in the day? Have you got one? Oh my god! I've, I don't even ever watched a wrestling match. I'm sure it's like a Hulk Hogan. Is that some, that's a wrestler, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> nice. There we go. There we go. <laughs> yeah, we've got we've got very little actual you know sporting chat on this show. But anyway, um, no Jimmy, no no Brody, <laughs> no good. Oh, is Jimmy not Joe Root? Is Jimmy? I don't know if that's been confirmed yet, has it? I'm hoping. I think we're hanging on to tenterhooks that Jimmy might might possibly be fit. But otherwise, I feel like. Um, yeah, the England bowling's rather fallen apart. No Archer, no Broad, no Wokes. Ollie Stone has got a stress fracture. Stokes, of course, is out as well. I mean, the only consolation I have is that this is, I feel like we're putting ourselves, England are putting themselves into a scenario like India did in that final test against Australia. And we're going to come back and just against the odds blast through this Indian batting order. I mean, it's, it's what dreams are made of, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You do have Joe Root, too, who has shown time and time again that he is the harder it is the better he gets and his leadership has been questioned over a number of years actually but he's really starting to stand up and, and lead from the front isn't he is yeah what was really interesting in his second innings was that he when he came out even almost from ball one it felt as though he'd managed somehow to kind of shirk away all of the other questions and everything else that was going on in his mind um, you know, the batting lineup, the ashes coming up, Archer being out, his mate Stokes obviously um, taking a mental health break. Everything that sort of been clouding his captaincy in the test, he managed to just put to the side and think, right, I'm going to do what I do best, and that's bat. And I think, you know, there's been a lot of questions around whether the captaincy has um, been an undue burden on route. But I, I don't see it in that way. I feel like he's a very good captain and a very good batter. It's just that under his captaincy, he's had a lot to deal with. And I think a lot of that has been uh, the um, what's at his disposal on the red ball side. A lot of England's resources have been funneled into their white ball side under Owen Morgan. And they've done phenomenally well out of that. But again, we have this, this sort of this pulling at two different ends coming into September, October when the T20 World Cup is on, and then followed by an Ashes series. So 
what are England prioritising? And, and poor Root is often the one that, that gets kind of shafted, really. Hey, Izzy, um, you spoke about the, the injuries involved in the England side at the moment with Jimmy Anderson, potentially, and Joffre Archer. Who's a name that you are hopefully mm. you are hoping that's going to stand up in this Test match and hopefully put, you know, some some pressure on this this pretty talented India side? Well, first of all, we have to kind of work out who might be picked. There's so much speculation. I think, I mean, Ollie Robinson, mm. his two tests that he's played, he's he's actually out bowled both Anderson and Broad. He comes in from a beautiful height. He's, he's bowling good length, which is quite unusual for uh, a sort of novice bowler at test level to come in and bowl nice full length swinging into the batter. So uh, Robinson, I think, I mean, I've almost uh, already penciled him down for starting the Ashes and having a wonderful career for the next five, six years. Um, what would be really interesting is if England do decide to pick Saki Mahmood. So he's been drafted into the squad as cover, essentially, for, for Anderson, should he not play. And it's tough all it looks like between um, Mahmood and Craig Overton. But Mahmood has been... He hasn't played a test match yet, but he's hes really shone in his in his ODI and T20 cricket for England. He's a fast bowler. He's fiery. He bowls good length. He's accurate. He, he, he likes all formats. And he's really come into his own this season in first-class cricket. I think he's a, mm. he's a pretty exciting player to watch. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Izzy, for joining us on Baz and Izzy for Breakfast over here on SENZ. All the best for your call and the coverage of that England vs India series. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Izzy. And team, that is time for news. It's time for a cafe stop for Baz and Izzy, and we're off for Kubota together. We are shaping and building New Zealand. Kia ora and good morning all of Aotearoa. It is just after 7am on Thursday the 12th of August and you're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. We've just chatted with Izzy Westbury who is of course a former English cricketer and she is now covering the beautiful game over in, in England for SENZ and of course we have ball by ball commentary on that England versus Indian Test match starting tonight from 10pm. A couple of heavyweights going at it. We've also got coming up Guy Havelt, who's in isolation, so sure to be ready to talk up a storm to us and cover all things Olympics and maybe some of his own challenges in there. We might even throw a little bit forward towards the All Blacks as well and get our man Izzy Dag to just give us a bit of an idea of what we can expect this weekend with the All Blacks and maybe a couple of the challenges which face the All Blacks selectors. Uh, we also have, on SCNZ, we're doing 20, the last 25 years, we're doing the top 25 sporting moments, and one which is short to be in the discussion view is the Tall Blacks performances, and a man who's been a part of that is Phil Jones. So we're going to get him on a little bit later on too, and look forward to chatting to him and see where what's going on in his life now that he's finished playing basketball. Uh, we've also chatted some interesting topics eh? as we've chatted about WWE wrestling that's been pretty good crack we've had a bit of a laugh and a joke and you guys have been up and about all over that subject and we had a very very tough quizzy dag today where it is almost ran off with the cash but he managed to unload it uh, we've had a great morning bears it's been good I'm, I'm looking forward to chatting to our man guy I've out who's been over in um and and Tokyo with the with the games. Obviously, we see what's on t- on TV. I want to chat to him. What it was like on the ground, behind the scenes. You know the things that's in Tokyo. I know that they're in pretty tough uh, situation, having to keep it pretty 
pretty tight knit in the bubble, but it'll be great to chat to him and, and the behind the scenes and get some little bits of detail. And then we'll chat later about selections uh, with the All Blacks. It's a pretty, pretty exciting show and uh, very lucky enough to welcome in. The Olympic Games are over, which means our athletes have returned to New Zealand in their cosy, managed isolation rooms. And so have our decorated but medalless media members. Kirstie Stanway is one. How good to have her back on the drive with Beaver. And Guy Havart of TVNZ is another. He's earned a repeat performance after his commitment from over in Tokyo. Getting up nice and early in MIQ. Good morning, Guy. How are you, bud? G'day, lads. I, I thought I did bring back a medal. I've, I've got it dangling around my neck at the moment. It's a bit rough. <laughs> what do you got? What do you got, bud? <laughs> oh, gold, gold, obviously. I was part of the gold rush, absolutely. <laughs> I certainly have lucked out in terms of the room department. Crikey, we've doubled the size of what we're in in Japan. We're not in a shoebox anymore. The Chateau in the park is treating us like absolute kings. It's beautiful. Awesome, mate. So you got a pretty good setup in there. And what, what, are you, what are you up to during the day, mate? Just talk us through it. Is it pretty boring or what? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not punting my life away like Baz did in his 14 days, but... Um, Finding finding ways to get by, um, bit of bit of reading, uh, bit of exercise. Uh, hoping someone might bring me a golf putter in the next day or two, and I can try and figure out my golf game. But it's it's. I mean, I'm only officially this is day two officially, um, so I'm all right at the moment. But uh, day nine might be where day seven, eight, or nine might be where things start to unravel a little bit. But let's hope not. Let's just clarify that. Uh punting your life away. I gamble very responsibly, Guy, as we encourage all of our punters here on Baz Nuzzi for breakfast to do. And the other thing is, I guarantee my room was much better than your room is currently in the chateau on the park as well. Are you getting anything delivered? Do you need anything delivered? Because we've got a few few people on the ground there in Christchurch who might might be able to hook you up. Oh mate, uh, well I've been pushing for a PlayStation and I'm yet to uh, I'm yet to get any traction with that. And as I just said, a golf putter, my my putting. I haven't played golf now for about four months, and so I'm a bit worried about uh, my putting. And so maybe a putter could could could, uh, <laughs> could be of some sort of use. As I say, I've got a fairly big room, so I think I could make a a pretty decent mini golf course here. So yeah, either of those two would probably get me by for the next fourteen days if. If anyone is generous enough, that'd be glorious. Well, Izzy's down there, but I reckon your two shows are getting his PlayStation and even less show of getting his putter. So <laughs> good luck with that, but we'll try, no we'll chance, try and see what we can muster that's, up. Try and see what boy, we can muster up for you down there. Thanks, boys. No, anything would be a sub-assistance. <laughs> oh. Hey, mate, just quickly... Um, Congratulations on, on your coverage of the Olympic Games, mate. It was absolutely standout, and I know you'll be, you'll be um, not wanting to take any, any high praise for it, but you did an amazing job, mate, and, and you just must have absolutely loved your time over there and, and following the Kiwi athletes. Very kind of you, mate. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I did. I mean, it was... Uh, I've always dreamed of going to the Olympics uh, a few years ago, uh, let's say 20-odd years ago, 30-odd years ago, I wanted to go as, a, as an athlete. I learned pretty quickly that that wasn't going to happen. So uh, the next best thing was to go and, and kind of talk about it. And um, I, yeah, I've, I've said it a few times now, I feel very lucky and very privileged to have been there 
particularly for those days where the likes of Emma Twig and the men's eight uh, won in, in the rowing. And then obviously what Lisa Carrington did from an individual point of view was just simply unbelievable. So I know for a lot of people back home, family and friends of, of those athletes, it would have just been so... Well, it would have been great, but it would have been tinged with a little bit of sadness that they couldn't be there. Uh, and I, I do know how lucky I was to, to be there. And I just hope that um, I guess I portrayed um, what what it kind of meant to these athletes to, to have achieved what they did and what it felt like being there. Because it really was a lot of those moments. Well, all of them really were, were moments that you just stood there and you just... Um, you know, it, it, the hairs on the back of your neck did stand up and you got goosebumps because of the significance of, of what all of them achieved. Not just those gold medalists that I've just mentioned, but everyone who really won a medal. We have such a, a rich Olympic history for how small of a country we are and uh, any Olympic medal is, is, is worth so much. But um, yeah, those, those gold medals particularly stood out for me. Hey, mate, you spoke about uh, moments. And I want to ask you about a moment that, that was come from absolutely nowhere. A guy like Dylan Smith, who was on the trampoline. How special was that? And I don't know if you covered that, but things like stories like that, uh, you know, a medal that we probably didn't expect, but those kind of moments must have been pretty awesome as well, eh? Yeah, it was funny. I, was at, I wasn't actually there, but I was at uh, the Sea Forest Waterway for one of the days of, of the rowing or the canoe sprint. I can't remember what day it was, but... Um, uh, a few of the NZOC people were there as well, and and they, you know, they were like, "Oh, Dylan's about to go," and so we all gathered around a, a phone, um, you know, took took the took the Wi-Fi off and got onto data roaming and probably spent a bit of a bit of the company's money, but um, <laughs> uh, started streaming it on 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 our phones, and there would have been, you know, five or six of us gathered around a phone watching it, and uh, you're right. That that was. I mean, it wasn't entirely unexpected, but I suppose we don't know much about trampolining in this country. It is a it is a very mm. small sport, um, and so you know there, there was a sense that he was pretty good, um, but no one really knew yeah. how good he was, and, and obviously only his second Olympics as well. So there's a bit of pressure on him, uh, and we kind of watched. And, and I'll be honest, I didn't really know what constituted a good a good jump or a good trampolining routine or anything like that. But the commentators got quite excited. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously he, he, he won bronze. And yeah, you're right, that, that, that sort of stuff is really special. Hayden Wilds as well. And then the one that actually mm. stood out for me a, a lot, and it wasn't so unexpected, but Tom Walsh, um, to see what it yeah. meant to him to win bronze. I, I thought initially the tears were ones of sadness that you know he hadn't been able to win gold or something, but he, he was so emotionally delighted that after the year or two that he had had the uncertainty and that sort of thing that he had won a medal and, and that really struck me as well even though again I wasn't there at the stadium but just to see what it meant to him was uh, was was quite quite special. Mm. Joined by Guy Havelt out of isolation this is a McCafe coffee catch up. Now you mentioned you weren't quite um, sure of what constituted a good Olympic a uh, good um, trampoline um, effort. What about wrestling? You strike me as a bloke who knows a bit about the old school wrestling, <laughs> WWE, WWE. <laughs> Were you a fan? Were you a fan? It's been a hot topic today on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Um, was I a fan? Look, I, I quite like those sorts of sports at the Olympics. They're so, um, they've got so much history to them. What, I, what I'm not so sure about is 40 plus degrees, um, you're absolutely sweating buckets and you're writhing around on the floor on, on top of each other. And, and 
particularly during this COVID world where you're not supposed to be within two metres of each other and they say to keep your, keep your bodily fluids away from each other, these, these, these people were sweating all over each other. So I'm not quite sure uh, in this day and age it was overly kosher. But, um, look, I, I, yeah, I quite like those sports at these Olympics. And I know you guys have been talking a little bit about um, cricket at the Olympics. Baz, I, I, you know how much I love cricket, but I'm really not a fan of that. I, I just... Um, doesn't really sit in the Olympics kind of theme for me. And that's the same as football and rugby sevens and a couple of other sports as well. I just, I just don't think they're Olympic sports. And um, mm. yeah, I, to answer your question, love the wrestling, but yeah, wouldn't go down the path with the others. Yeah, I was, I was actually more meaning like Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior WWE, and Andre the Giant right, come and on. Jake the Snake and <laughs> yeah, not actual wrestling. I was more meaning like the entertainment <laughs> style of wrestling. Did you ever watch that as a as a kid, mate? I hate that. I cannot stand. That stuff. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't oh. know. How I did you get on the show this morning? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course you'd be a fan of it, mate. Of course you'd be a fan of it. That just that mate, is, I was gonna try and get you a free putter dropped off. I was gonna try and get you a free putter dropped off, but now you've just slandered the 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 entertainment thing that we loved watching growing up. I'm not sure you deserve one. You should just have to sit there and watch TAB on the thing the whole time. <laughs> oh, mate, send, mate, me, a, send just, me a link just, of a send me a link of a good WWE fight, and while I'm in here for some time in my 14 days, I'll soak it up and let you know what I think. <laughs> Wait, mate, we, we got a text here, guy. We got a text here. I don't know. It must be one of your flatmates. I've got a few cardboard boxes at home. I can drop them off to Guy for his bed to make him more at home. Who's that from? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm Are you slumming it, mate? To do with... <laughs> that'll that'll have something to do with those beds that the Olympians are sleeping in. I'm guessing at the uh, at the village. And I saw oh. um, before they left, before they left, I think it was on David Leite's, um Instagram account, he, and, and as we know, he's a big lad, he was bouncing on the, like, jumping on the bed and throwing all his weight onto it to see if it broke, and it never broke. So, yeah, they made a cardboard, <laughs> but they seemed pretty sturdy. <laughs> it was outstanding. <laughs> hey, um, hey, mate, what about now? Once you get out of isolation, what, what's what's coming up for, for Guy Havel? What's what's next step? Well, immediately I'll stay in, in the city for a few days and just see family, but... Um, it's, it's, yeah, not not entirely sure to be honest. It's a bit of a bit of a weird time, of course, with everything that's going on in the world. Obviously, the cricket's coming up, so that'll be a big thing for me. Looking forward to seeing the Black Caps playing, uh, well, in a lot of places over the next few months. Actually, that'll that'll be good, and I see obviously they've named uh, a few different squads already. So yeah, that'll be a big focus for me. Um, and then looking forward. There's a lot of big events now on the horizon uh, since this Olympics was pushed back to this year. It, it, it falls pretty quickly before uh, the likes of the Commonwealth Games next year, the Winter Olympics next year, and then, of course, we head straight into the Cricket and Rugby World Cups, and then the Olympics rolls around in another three years. So in terms of that, it, it just rattles through so quickly that there'll be a huge focus on all those things um, in, in pretty quick succession. But, yeah, cricket for me will be... Will be a big one coming up, and uh, I, as you know, Bears love cricket and they love summer. So, looking forward to seeing how those boys can continue on, um, and how they've gone uh, in the last in the last couple of years. Beautiful. Well, thank you very much for joining us, mate. I look forward to catching up with you again. Congratulations on doing such a magnificent job so far from home, and and 
and uh, and covering the Olympics and championing out. I'll bring you a putter and soon, mate. <laughs> a little spotty, well, actually, a little a good idea. Cameron number would be glorious. <laughs> well, that's a good idea. We'll see how big a pull this show actually has, eh? Why don't we shout out if anyone can get Guy a putter or a PlayStation to borrow during the time? You probably want it for free to keep, but we'll see if we can work on the borrowing side of it for a start. <laughs> While he's in isolation, he's at Shadow on the Park. Attention, Guy Havelt. One turns up, then we know we've got some pull and power on the show. But thanks for joining us, Guy. <laughs> <laughs> Good boys. No, great, great to talk to you. Appreciate the uh, appreciate uh, jumping on the cause as well. Good lads. Go well. Good man. Jeez. And there was another McCafe coffee catch out that time was with Guy Havelt, who has done a fabulous job. It is 18 minutes past seven, and you're listening to Baz Nizzy for breakfast. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. 23 minutes past 7 o'clock. If you're actually going to go and drop Guy Havelt off a putter, can you please text us and let us know? Double eight, double three. I would love to hear from you. Are you actually planning on doing it? He would be very grateful. He's a good dude, Guy, so go help him out. And when you text us, of course, you could end up with the temper bed, which is a nice bonus as well. Text of the month on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. He ends up with a temper bed valued at $10,000 and a temper pillow for text of the week. 0800 150 811 is the Kennard's Hire phone line. Anytime you get Give us a call with the Bredeslow Cup in Perth, not possible. The caller of the month, and this is the last week for this, could be winning an All Blacks experience thanks to Ballpark Entertainment on SCNZ. 0800 150811. Um, get in touch. Uh, and uh, is double eight double three the text number. Izzy, you found something interesting yesterday afternoon where there was a, a young Australian bloke who might have done something a bit funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was reading uh, through through some articles and I come across an article uh, from the young Andrew Callaway who has played one test for Australia, maybe two, but it was his only, really, he's a, he's a new kid on the block. Anyway, I've read through this article and what Callaway said next, possibly not deliberately, might be used as ammunition by the All Blacks. I think the cobwebs are out, so to speak, he said. A couple of those boys have played the All Blacks for the first time, myself included. Maybe the aura has worn off a little bit. To be honest, the pressure is pretty much on them. You don't want to be the first All Blacks team to lose at Eden Park. There's no real pressure on our end. Hopefully we roll out there and do the number of them. So that's that's a fair enough, uh, you know, a comment from from young Andrew Callaway of, of the Wallabies. Um, but he is an absolute silly, silly, silly kid. <laughs> silly kid. I know Dave Rennie will be sp- viewing that he's come out and said this, he has just created an absolute storm. If, uh, look, I don't disagree with his comments and, and things that people second-guessing the All Blacks and, and, and them at the moment and um, blah, 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 whatever. But for him to come out publicly and say that, as a former player, and, and I know the players inside that in those walls, will be just l- listening to these, these comments spoken by the young Andrew Calloway using it as ammo. He has just pretty much filled up everyone's guns within that All Blacks environment, you know, stocked the ammo with, within these players, and he has just created a storm. And I wouldn't be surprised as soon as Andrew Callaway gets that ball, he's got Artie Savia steaming out of the line trying to put a shot on him. So what, what, what irritates me here is it would have been better, you know, it's the same with that sledging. What's worse? Someone answering back or someone staying quiet and smiling at them. If the, if the Wallabies had have just stayed uh, quiet, 
Simmerade in the background, the All Blacks this week would have been thinking, okay, they're pretty quiet this week. Um, you know, a quiet beast is always scarier than a, than a loud beast. So in my, in my uh, summation of that, I just think he's poked the bear and um, there's going to be a huge backlash from those comments. Um, Bears, what, what's your thoughts on that, mate? Mate, I think you're absolutely spot on. I just Champion teams, uh, sometimes they, they just need just a little tweak, don't they? Like a little fire mm. set. Um, underneath them, and I think of, I think of like the Last Dance. You know that, that documentary with Michael Jordan, and I remember Jordan. He'd go looking for it sometimes when he couldn't quite get, he couldn't find something, couldn't get his flow, couldn't couldn't grab that competitiveness. He'd he'd go find it, and the All Blacks don't have to go find it because this young fella, well, he's just gone and poked the bear like you just should not do, mate. So. Mm. Look, I thought this game this week was going to be a, a real tight game. I'm not so sure now, bro. But just even seeing you as who, you know, is is not is not going to be playing in the weekend, but has been in that situation before. Just chatting to you as soon as you read it, you were just like, oh no. <laughs> you're like, you just started. Well, I ju- you're ready to go, eh? Oh, hundred percent. I just know that that the players, most of them, will have that that clip. They'll say have it saved to their phone. They'll probably have it saved on their home screen. That'll probably be pinned up around the around the change rooms. Um, you know, that's that that's just kind of what those kind of comments. When you attack the All Blacks aura, and um and things like that, like that's that's personal. And I know these players, they care, and they want to do well. And I just think it's um yeah, it's a bit of a black backlash from. That's why you you don't see a senior player you know, come out and say things like that because they know the game. They understand it. But when you get a young kid like Andrew Callaway, who's been around a while, but he should know better. He's played only a handful of tests. To come out and say that, look, I just think it's going to be an absolute backlash for the young fella. And uh, Korobeti's coming in, so he probably potentially won't even play now because they just think he's going to be a target. So, <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah. But it's funny. Funny from the young kid. He'll learn. He going to learn today. He gone learn yeah, today. He, he's almost got a dangerous <laughs> amount of experience. You know, when you first come in, you just sit mm. in the cor- in the corner, you stay quiet. But then it's like he's got enough experience now where he sort of feels like he's got a big, strong voice and can can stand up and go toe to toe with with the greatest side that there is. So, good luck. It reminds me of that quote that uh, that quote about the quiet man. Beware the quiet man. For while others speak, he watches, and while others act, he plans. And when they finally rest, he strikes. Look out, Wallabies. The All Blacks are coming for you. And you have poked the bear, and it's been it's been done before, and it hasn't worked out, and it'll be done again, and it won't work out. So <sighs> I fear for the Wallabies this weekend, as I really do. Yep, 100%. But we've got a text here. The Wallabies do that every year. They get close in the first game and get cocky. Then they get smoked by 30 points the next week. The Wallabies need to shut up, focus on their game. That's from Liam. <laughs> He's got a fair point. Is that Liam Messam? Yeah, just, probably Liam Messam. He's angry. He, he's an angry <laughs> human. He gets pretty he gets pretty angry. Oh, brilliant. Well, we're moving right along, and I'm interested to hear, we're interested to hear on Baz and Izzy for breakfast what you guys think about the poking of the bear from Andrew. What's his last name, mate? Callaway. He's a go- hey, Stick to golf. Anyway, it's 7.30 in the morning on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. And what is it? Oh, it's Trudy with the news for Kubota. Of course it is. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand.
Absolutely, Trudy. At 29 minutes away from 8 o'clock, can't wait for some more test cricket on SENZ. Also, can't wait very shortly when we catch up with Phil Jones, member of the 2002 Tall Blacks. Well, they weren't a championship side, but they finished fourth at the FIBA World Cup, and that is number 25 on our Rebel Sport Greatest Moments of the Last 25 Years Countdown. Cannot wait to hear the Reefton kid Phil Jones talk about that. But in the meantime, I've just come across a, a lovely little story. Yesterday we had a, a little bit of a laugh, or it might have been the day before, about the Bangladesh cricket side giving Australia their biggest hiding in 2020 cricket ever. I think they lost, they only scored 62 runs. Well, how's this for rattled? Australia's men's coach Justin Langer and team manager Gavin Dovey have become involved in heated exchanges, so they're upset at cricket at a Cricket Australia staffer because the staffer posted videos on their, a video on their Australian channels of a jubilant Bangladesh team singing their team song after they won the series. So Langer's took umbrage at it. He's fired up and sources uh, close to the Australian team have confirmed a member of um, the, the Cricket Australia's digital team is under absolute heat. So if that doesn't show you a side as ratted, I don't really know what will. And the other big story going around this morning, we spoke about it in the first hour, boys, but TJ Perinara has stepped up here and he's called out the Hurricanes part owner and uh, director um, Troy Balker, and he, he said this is absolute BS. He, Balker, of course, said that Ian Taylor, Sir Ian Taylor, was just sucking up to Mouldy and then went on to talk about how rich he was. And, and just he's in, he's in Siberia on this one. No one's going to come to save him. And this was all on LinkedIn of all places. But TJ Perinara stepped up as you'd expect him to, and he said that there's a lot of different players from a lot of different ethnicities at the Oregons. We will not be putting up with this. We will not be accepting this. They're talking to players. And Izzy, you actually in the first hour said you wouldn't rule out a boycott if nothing happens here. 100%. You know, his TJ, I know how passionate he is. We've already covered on uh, covered this before, but I'm, I'm right behind TJ. And he's come out and tweeted, Troy Bowker's comments with their underlying racism are insulting. I've begun conversations with other players and management and expect these conversations to continue over the coming days. As with other franchises, Hurricanes players past and present have come from a range of different backgrounds. Our collective identities have long provided us with a source of strength and pride. The mental, emotional and cultural safety of our players is crucial and needs to be assured. Our supporters deserve better and should be able to back us without feeling conflicted. Right now, I can't see how these things can happen if the status quo is maintained, and I am seeking answers as to what the next steps are. So there he is. He's come out and, and front-footed it, as TJ does. He's very passionate, and he's spoken for his, his brothers and his sisters. You know, this doesn't affect just, just men. This affects, uh, you know, a woman as well. This is him coming out and underlining racism that he's brought to the... To the front, and uh, yeah, I expect uh, some big, big, tough conversations to be had over the next coming days, and I'm looking forward to getting some more information about it and what's what's going to happen. Yeah, old Troy Bowker, eh? he thinks he's got a few quid behind him, and he probably does, but there's always someone with a bigger boat, and you can't carry on like a plonker, so I'm sure <laughs> come up and will, will arrive at some stage. It's fascinating. I do enjoy how strong TJ Perinara is, though, is with his views and and his beliefs and what he what he's prepared to stand up for. And it's such a refreshing approach in in these times. And he's always he always does it respectfully too, which I think is the real key with TJ. I don't think 
he doesn't go to the wall on issues which aren't of of absolute importance and value to him. But when he does go, he goes and he does it in a respectful manner and and with an an element of um, well, not just respect, but also his ability to articulate things really well. So he's a fine ambassador for the game, for the Maori people as well, and and all those that he represents. Um, mate, we've got Phil Jones coming up, which I'm really excited about, and he's obviously part of that 2002 Tall Black side, and that's going to be pretty cool to chat to him, just see what he's up to on in life, and see what's going on. Maybe even see if he's a, a wrestling fan, because that's been a bit of a hot topic of the day too. We've got one text before we get off to a break. We've got one text here from Jason. Hi, lads. Perhaps I should take Guy my putter. It will cover the other topic of the morning as my golfing buddies named it Stone Cold after the rest of Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> that, that text could have been Stephen Fleming. He's got a Stone Cold putter as well. But Stone Cold Steve Austin, of course, was ranked number one on that list of yes. the best uh, WWE, WWF, wrestlers of all time so there we go and also we had chris lynn on the show yesterday and his middle name is austin and he looks like stone cold steve austin as well so all the stars <laughs> are aligning at 7 38 in the morning on baz and izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. 18 minutes away from eight o'clock give us a call 0800 150 811 on the kennard's higher phone line or double eight double three is the text line some beautiful text stacking up here we'll get to very shortly and all of those people putting themselves right there to have a good night's sleep on a 10 per bed valued at ten thousand dollars for text of the month but in the meantime we've been doing this we've been looking forward to this for a few days now and i cannot wait to rip in for rebel sport celebrating 25 years of helping kiwis find their win it's New Zealand's top 25 sporting moments from the last 25 years. Number 25. Thank you for all of your nominations as well for New Zealand's top 25 sporting moments from the last 25 years. What a list it is too. We've compiled that list based on your feedback. And today we're kicking off with number 25, which is a very fond memory. The magical run of the 2002 Tall Blacks coming forth at the FIBA World Cup. Phil Jones, the Reefton kid. Well, he was integral to that side. In fact, he averaged over 18 points. He shot over 40% from the three line as well, and he guided them to the bronze medal game. Perhaps his crowning achievement was the 33-point outburst that dragged New Zealand out of a 20-point hole against none other than Yao Ming and the China side and into the quarterfinals of that tournament. The Reefton kid is on the line now. G'day, Phil. G'day, guys. How are you going? Excellent. Mate, it must feel like yesterday, does it, playing that game? Well, almost 20 years ago yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Brings back memory listening to you talk about it. (laughs) Yeah, it must be some great memories to be able to look back on, though, eh? Like, even 20 years on, just to be able to sit back and and know what you were able to achieve and and sort of bask in those days. Yeah, look, it was um, obviously something that we probably didn't think would happen the way it did um, and just the way everything played out at the tournament and obviously the China game was pretty pivotal for us and uh, you know made a few shots and scored a few points and um, you know all of a sudden we're you know playing Germany in the bronze medal match which was uh, pretty cool. Hey Phil I remember vividly where I was 2002 I was in the music uh, department and obviously wagging away watching the watching it on, on television uh, 
But let's talk about your performance, mate. You were averaging 18.2 points per game over at that tournament. You stood out. Does that, does that bring back uh, some great memories from that tournament and how well you all played? I'm looking at names too, like Ed Book, Pura Cameron, Paul Hinare, Kirk Penny. Like You went over there with an absolute stack squad. Yeah, look, with the team we had was, um, you know, it was very good. Uh, the team had been to while, uh, been together for a while too, so um, everyone kind of knew how each other played. And um, you know, having guys like Piero and Dylan Boucher on your team and Paul Hanare, those fellas, they just, they just put the ball on a platter to you. So all you had to do really was just, you know, fire it up at the hoop and get it in. Um, yeah. It was really, it was nice to play with those guys. Um, made my job a lot easier. Um, and Coop Penny would probably say the same thing. You know, he had a very good tournament scoring-wise as well. So, you know, when you had to, myself and Kirk on the wings shooting away from the three, it was, uh, you know, it was pretty tough for other teams at times. Can you, I know it's 20 years ago, so our memories can get a little scratchy as we sort of, as we look back. But can you can you remember anything about the cohesion of, of your side and, and just the culture within that group of men? Yeah, I... I definitely remember um, sort of us coming together and something that brought us together was um, the coach, Tad Baldwin. Um, I think he kind of changed the culture of the group quite a bit um, and the belief in you know, how we could perform at a, at a world stage and at a higher level. Um, and obviously he had a group, a group of those guys together with his local NBL team in New Zealand. So they all sort of understood his, the way he wanted them to play and it was just adding in other pieces like myself and other guys from other teams. Um, and I think he just created this really big belief in us that we could we could compete with every team. And we I remember winning a game against Yugoslavia um, in Germany two weeks before the tournament. They ended up winning the World Champs that year um, and we beat them you know, in Germany and it was a pretty cool feeling to understand that we could actually do that. And uh, gave us a lot of confidence going into the tournament. Mate, awesome! I remember I was very, very proud of that time uh, back in two thousand two, watching you guys go do battle. I want to talk about this current uh, tall black side. Well, how do you see see New Zealand basketball track tracking at the moment? Well, I think basketball in general is just on a on a rise. Um, you know, Australia obviously doing pretty well at the Olympics uh, is going to help. You know, we're going to have a trickle-down effect over here in New Zealand for that, obviously, with the Aussie NBL and the breakers being involved in that. But, you know, it just promotes basketball and, you know, what a great sport it is. Um, I think COVID, obviously, has done a bit of damage to a lot of the events around the world, which has probably put things, you know, back a little bit in regards to the tournaments. Yeah. But, um, you know, we've got a really great, talented group of um, young guys coming through and, you know, they're all playing in different parts of the world. I think the big problem is getting them together. Um, that's that's the hardest part. Um, but when we do, and when we have our, you know, the the group of our top elite players, we've got a really tough unit, definitely. Phil Jones, member of the 2002 Tall Blacks, joining us on Baz and Izzy for breakfast, mate. Uh, before before we let you go, what um, what's Phil Jones up to these days? Um, well, I've got a real job um, now that I'm not playing sports, <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, tough, eh? Uh, aren't they I, hard? I <laughs> yeah, they are at times. Yes. Um, yeah. So I work for ANZ. I've been with ANZ for about almost ten years now. Um, so I kind of worked for them during the, the end of my career. Um, and I do a, a mortgage role with them, so mobile mortgage manager. So it's a, it's a really good role, flexible. You know, allows me to sort of 
you know, do stuff with the kids because they're getting heavily involved in basketball as well. So, um, you know, there's a bit of, bit of flexibility in the role, which is good. And, uh, yeah, I love it. It's a great role. Excellent. Well, just one more question because it's been a hot topic all morning. Did you used to watch WWE or WWF wrestling? Well, I uh, where I grew up, um, obviously on the west coast in Reefton, where I got my nickname from, um, we we didn't have many channels down here earlier early in the early days. <laughs> but um, we definitely, I definitely liked uh, Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior. They were my two favourites. Beautiful. Well, awesome. we're, in, we're in good company. Awesome. But anyway, thanks, mate. Thank you very much for joining us, Phil, on on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. It's great to be able to reminisce on on the on the great days of of the Tall Blacks and your involvement in it as well. All right, cheers, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Phil. Legend is that was awesome. awesome. That was uh, Phil Jones, member of that 2002 Tall Black side that took New Zealand on a bit of a sporting journey against some of the biggest names in the world, and that is, of course, uh, number 25 on that list of New Zealand top 25 sporting moments from the last 25 years. There's another edition of that on after nine with Smitty. So thanks to Rebel Sport, celebrating 25 years also of Rebel Sport and is now 10 minutes to eight on Baz Nizzi for breakfast on SENZ. Coming up to eight o'clock with the news with Trudy, maybe Beaver's uh, WWE name or wrestling name could be the Space Cadet. Astronomy, mate. Astronomy. That's all right. We'll, we'll get there, Beaver. Not too far away. 0800 Give us a call at any stage. This is the last week where you could be up to win our All Blacks experience. The Bledisloe Cup in Perth isn't possible, but we have this All Blacks experience for the caller of the month, all thanks to Ballpark Entertainment on SENZ. There's a funny text that's come here about Marmite. I must have missed this yesterday, Is he? Yeah, so I've got a great text message here. From, it says, good morning, gents. Izzy, yesterday you spoke about poached eggs on Marmite toast. I've never heard of it before, but thought I'd give it a bill today. It's a winner. Is there any other food combos out there? Well, I'll tell you, add a bit of avocado on that, and that is an absolute champion, champion way of having your poached <laughs> eggs. It's so, so good. But I want to know, if anyone out there has got some weird food combos, give us a text on double eight double three and let us know your weird food combos. I've got another one. I've got another one, Bears. My other one is... So growing up, we had wheat bix at home. So I obviously mm. want to make it all last. And what we used to do is get the wheat bix, put them in the bowl, <laughs> and then what we'd do is fill the jug up with hot water and we'd pour hot water over these wheat bix. And then what I'd do is I'd mm. dig a little hole within the wheat bix and I'd get a little chunk of butter and I'd put it inside this hole and then I'd cover up the hole. And what this did, it mounted the, bu- mounted the butter. And then after about two minutes, what I'd do is get a bit of brown sugar, put it on top, and then I'd just wheel it up. And what you're doing there is you're making wheat bix, creamy wheat bix, mate. Give that a whirl, anyone at home. If anyone out there's had a weird, oh, wait. weird bit of wheat bix, yeah, it's pretty good. It's like creamy wheat bix. So that's my other little weird combo. Bit of butter with hot wheat bix. You got any, mate? So, so that is interesting. So you, why butter? How did you come to? How did you get onto butter to go on it? Well, growing up, you know, you're just trying to think of these different creations with your breakfast, trying to make them as nice as possible. Uh, you know, the dry wheat bix. Um, everyone just goes the cold milk on on, with, on the wheat bix with a bit of banana and, and a bit of sugar. But I just thought, look, we'll create something here. So at home, brothers and sisters, we're just trying to create things. We just put a hot water on and dug a little hole and whipped it up, and it was absolutely tasty. So Mark 
you're at home, give that one a wheel, bud. Chef is. What about that? We can, maybe we could give you a little segment on the show where you could go into your recipes and your Surely cooking you've routines. Got some. Surely and... you've got a weird one. Nah, not really weird. I, I don't mind what you're saying about the um, the marmite thing, but it would, for me it would be more Vegemite than marmite if I was going to have it. Um, but I don't mind it, but no, nah, I don't really. I don't really. Oh, I don't really eat much to be honest, other than a sausage. What about this one? What about this one? A pie sandwich. A pie sandwich. Have you ever had a pie sandwich, oh, bro? Hundred <laughs> percent. Remember we were talking about that a couple of weeks ago. And we were like gonna have oh. white bread heavily buttered, so it sort of like runs down your hand, and then oh. and then put your pie in there, fold it over, and then dip it in your tomato sauce. Remember that? Oh, do you do you cut? Do you put the whole pie in, or do you cut it in half so you had two sandwiches? Oh, oh now like we're through about three or four three or four bits of bread <laughs> while you're at it, so you want to make it last. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah no, a we got a text here. here. We got a text here, Bez. It says peanut butter on white toast with steak sauce. Gun. From Dan Leggett. Hey, oh, that's a weird one. That one. That Peanut butter and one. steak sauce. Oh, I don't know if I could oh. go that one, mate. That would be a little bit. Vegemite Here and go, honey on one. crumpets. Oh, that's from Delicious. Adam. Delicious. He's from Vegemite Melbourne. Vegemite and honey. Thank you for listening. <laughs> wow, wait. What's this? Hey, lads, honey. chuck a kinner in your omelette as you, as you fold it. Cheers, Richie. Yeah, that sounds all right. That sounds a, a little bit more like me. Yeah, why Ooh. not? <laughs> right, plenty more me. to come up with. We've got serious chat. We've got food chat. We've got wrestling chat. You get it all here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. We're coming up to 8 o'clock, which means it's McCafe time for us. And it means that it's time for Trudy and the news with Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. Good and good morning. It is just after 8 o'clock in the morning on Thursday, the 12th of August. And you're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. And we've had a good couple of hours, actually. We've talked a lot of things. We've talked Izzy's food, loves his marmite on various different produce. We've talked wrestling. We've talked All Blacks. We've talked some serious conversation as well. Uh, We've also previewed a little bit of stuff um, in regards to the England versus India test match, which starts tonight over in the UK, where Izzy Westbury is a commentator for SNZ as we cover it ball by ball live on SNZ. And we chatted to Guy Havelt too, who was in uh, quarantine and isolation. Well, no, quarantine, not isolation. I suppose it's the same. Um, and we also had a, have had a chat to Phil Jones, who was a member of that 2002 Tall Black side, which took the country on a wonderful journey to the semi-finals, to the bronze medal match. Uh, we we want to hear from you as well. 0800-150-811 because, well, not just about food options, but we also want to talk All Blacks, Izzy. Yeah, 100% Baz. Yeah, right on the money, we're going to chat selections. Uh, you know, who do we think is going to, they're going to name the team today, so what kind of selections are we thinking? Any changes from that first Blitterslow Cup test match? Uh, yeah, so a pretty exciting um, uh, little morning segment coming up. But just going to re- resort back to these food texts, Baz. Got some goodies here. Peanut butter <laughs> toast with spaghetti. Oh, I've never tried that one. I'm going to give that a whirl. But this is the one I want to give a crack. Boys, marmite on crumpets with caram- caramelised onions and cheese. 
grill for a couple minutes and you get a winner. Now that to me, Baz, sounds like an absolute winner. And all this food chat's got me hungry. So Daisy, if you're in there, <laughs> you hope you're listening. Bring me out some bring me out some Marmite crumpets with caramelized onion and cheese and grill it for a couple of minutes while you're in there too. <laughs> Oh, you're brave, eh? She's obviously not listening right at this point in time. You're brave. Hey, I did see as well, just quietly. So she's got a golf tour, Daisy Dad golf tour. How's that working out? How do yeah, you not yeah. have a golf tour? Yeah. She does. Well, Baz, Baz, you should have read. You should have read the first uh, little post. It's called the Dag Open, and it's actually my open, and she's come on and tagged along, isn't she? So, uh, <laughs> no, yes, yeah, so we got a little. Got a little golf tournament in uh, Hawke's Bay. I think it's October the 9th. We're travelling to Hawke's Bay, beautiful wine country. We're doing a wine tour. Uh, we're playing Cape Kidnappers and Bridge Par. So basically, I'm hosting the golf, and then Daisy's doing uh, doing all the all the ladies' things. I think they're going to do wines, tours, little massages and things like that. And Daisy's a real, real foodie. She's real passionate about this. So when I take all these options inside, she'll probably... Um, think that they're absolutely disgusting with with kinner and an omelette i know she'll be thinking that's disgusting but um you know so yeah got a good good little competition coming up so pretty exciting looking forward to that with with my darling all right i, I must have got the email for that one yeah, it must be coming anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> i thought we could take the show on the road we could take baz and izzy for breakfast in the hawks bay Somewhere just on a golf you can course. Come, mate. We can cook up a you little feed. We can try all these different food options. All right, thank you. I'll take that as an invite, right? Anyway, let's yeah. uh, let's chat All Blacks, mate. Bledisloe Cup coming up Saturday, the second one. The bear has been poked by that golfing fellow. What's his name? The young fellow who plays Andrew for the Wallabies. Someone Callaway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's poked the bear, silly boy. And um, there's a couple of little. Uh, selection dilemmas. Do you think in the in the ABs? Do you think they'll make some changes? Yeah, yeah. It's a it's an interesting um, situation at the moment. There's a lot of chat. There's a lot of you know, Sam Whitlock's come out and he said there's a lot of competition in the squad, and I think the squad goes well when there's uh, all that internal competition. And and he's right. There's so many players in there at the moment that that are not getting opportunities. And I want to chat. And I want to ask you out in the public if you've got any ideas of where you think potential changes will be. Or how the makeup of the All Black squad leading into this final Bledisloe Cup test in New Zealand, or what you would want to see uh, coming into this weekend. Give us a text on double eight double three. We want to hear your insights and what you're thinking. But here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking the Lucies is where they're going to probably potentially make some changes. I'm thinking a guy like Blackadder will come into six. Uh, Ethan Blackadder, what does he bring? He brings uh, an um, uh, an unreal work rate. He's uh, his ability to get up off the ground. Um, you know, get back into the line. He brings so much heat on the defence. And he actually is a bit of a ball player. He's great over the ball. So his ability to work hard for 80 minutes, I think that's what Ethan brings. I, I would put uh, Adi Savier at seven. I think opens eyes his position. He's great over the ball. His ability to get turnovers, his jackal, his work, his breakdown area is, um, is world class. So for me, I'd move him to seven. And then I'd put Hoskins to two to eight. Hoskins to two two out of the All Blacks, uh, Auckland Blues are uh, the Blues side in Auckland. Um, I think his ability off the back of that scrum, he's so quick, he's lightning. His ball playing around the field is uh, is second to none. He's so good. So I think that that kind of loose forward um, trio makeup 
is where they're going to probably potentially make a lot of changes. And then for me, where I'm comfortable is fullback. Uh, it's a big talking point at the moment. They've got world-class players. You've got Bodie Barrett that could play there. You've got Damian McKenzie who could play at the back. You've got a Will Jordan that hasn't been given an opportunity since Fiji, I think it was, in the, in the second test, or Tonga, uh, when he scored five tries against Tonga. Um, so who do I think that they're going to go? I think they're going to hopefully... They're probably going to prove me wrong in a couple of hours when they name the team, but I'm looking for them to give Geordie Barrett a go there at, at the back. And what does that bring for Geordie? For Geordie's a big man. And what they lack in that first Bledisloe Cup, I felt, I, I thought they lacked a bit of punch uh, from the outside channels. So someone like Geordie who brings a, a work rate, he's big, he's physical, he's great in the air, and he brings that another attacking, uh, attacking kick kind of situation. He's got a boot to... A monstrous right hand, right foot boot, so he can kick you out of out of trouble. And uh, so Geordie Barrett for me is where they're going to bring him in, and he's going to bring fullback, and that changes the whole setup of that uh, reserve list as well. What do you do? You can put obviously Bodie will be in there covering ten and fifteen, so that potentially changes. They could probably bring on a lo- uh, midfield option for that that midfield that cover, like a Quinn Tupire. Uh, Braden, I know Braden's probably not going to play because he's um, playing uh, needs. He's just come back from injury, but that just changes the whole setup of that of that reserve list. You can afford to bring on a maybe a potentially another forward, or or just put on a midfielder. What are your thoughts, Baz? Uh, well, I was just going through it. Um, so you've gone Ethan Blackadder at six, Artie Severe at seven, Hoskins Satuto at eight. The only thing is, while we've probably been on air, we haven't actually seen this, but it's uh, Hoskins Satuto has been named to start at eight for counties this weekend. So would that mean... Well, there you go. That's proved I mean, me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but would would the All Blacks... Uh, like They would obviously have to communicate with um, the provinces around who's going to be available and who's playing, right? So mm. could counties just have named him there and, and not have got it right, or would that mean that he's not going to be starting for the All Blacks? Uh, no, no. So he's going to be playing. He's going to be playing. But that's that's tomorrow night. That's Friday night. Yeah, he's definitely not going to be playing for the All Blacks, so that proves my theory wrong. But I'm just saying, if that was me, I'd put him at number eight, and I'd start Blackadder at six, and I'd start Artie at seven. That's kind of the makeup that I'm kind of looking for. Um, just, yeah, I just feel like that's that's my top combination. If I was in the All Blacks environment, that's the team that I'd run out for. Okay, and Geordie at the back, and that's, as you've said, mainly for that kicking game. And the big big presence, which makes total sense, right? It's, he's a big man. Mm. What is he? Six foot, six foot plenty, isn't he? Not the worst cricket. Yeah, he's actually. huge. He's huge. Hoskins a tutu man. His um, his ball playing skills is unbelievable. Um, but I feel like they're gonna. Someone's texted in here and they've said loose trio will be a kidder at six, Ardy at seven, and Luke Jacobson at eight. So that potentially would be the starting. Uh, number eight. That makes sense for me. Jacobson made a huge difference in the second test against Fiji. He's well balanced. Maybe Jordan on the wing for Reese to bring some size to the back line. That's a fair enough summation there. Yeah. Oh, there's some good selectors out there. I actually met that Luke Jacobson the other day at Tim Seifert's wedding. He, he was a nice fella. Very nice fella. You're right. You said balance. The word balance. Because he's not that big, is he? Like, he's a biggish man, but he's not like... Oversight. Well, he's played a lot at, he at, plays at eight. He's played a lot at six. He's played a lot at six as well, so he brings that kind of 
uh, breakdown area factor to his game, but he's actually really mobile as as well as Luke Jacobson. He's he's very mobile, so his ability off the back of that scrum will be will be great. Uh, but mate, that's the thing; they've just got so many options to choose from in this environment. I for, I totally forgot about Luke Jacobson. I was looking at a Satutu and it, someone like him and what he brings, and then you think back to to Luke Jacobson, who hasn't even been in the fold for since the second Fiji test, and you kind of forget about it. Mm. So that's the thing. They've got tons of competition in this environment, and whoever they pick will will have to go out there and, and then do well. Is, it, is there any area you think from the other night where you can instantly plug and play? Like, There's two different... I talked with this a lot about, uh, with Stephen Fleming, a lot about how you try and structure a, a squad. And you either have like a, a plug-and-play theory where you can put someone in and fix that problem instantly, or you have a zen kind of theory of selection where you know the guy hasn't necessarily had his best game, but the calmness that it creates mm. with a consistent selection philosophy allows all of those to just gradually improve their game. So there's two different theories there. Do you think the All Blacks need a plug-and-play theory today, and is there someone who... Uh, for Saturday, sorry, and is there someone in that lineup who you think could come in and instantly make a big difference? Uh, yeah, well, mate, that's the thing. It's, it's one of those things. They could play the safe option. They could go down the safe option, or they could go for that, that different option where someone obviously brings a bit of flair, brings a bit of, uh, you know, razzle-dazzle, but potentially could make a few, uh, you know, mistakes along the way. And whether they're comfortable with that, whether they're happy with, you know, having that punt, uh, I 100% think Will Jordan needs to play. He's he's one of those players for me that he, he's a game breaker. You know, he's a, he's a he's a, he's a he's a guy that can score tries from everywhere. His ability when he gets that ball, he is lethal with the ball in hand. He can create something out of absolute nothing. So someone like him, who's very raw, don't get me wrong. There's been times in his game as well where he could potentially drift away or. Or make you know little crucial errors or or little lacks of um, you know uh, decision making, making the wrong decision at the wrong time. So whether they're gonna they could they they're happy to go down that factor of do we want the razzle dazzle someone that can create some inner nothing and deal with the the, the decision making at certain times when he's making the wrong decision. That's the kind of factor that these All Black coaches coaches have to have to deal with, whether they do go with the exciting or they go with the safe. I'm unsure. What do I love? I love the exciting. I want people to, you know, go out there and see someone doing some amazing things. And a Will Jordan is that guy. Well, what about this fella as well? Here's a text from Fergus. I quite like this one. To back up your point, there is. Hey lads, is he surely your old mate Bridgie gets a run out wide? A bit of gizzy energy from the Lindy Land boy would bring something a bit different. Definitely a man that puts Kinner in his omelette. How's about that? <laughs> Up the gizzy boys. Yes, Fergus. Yeah, good, yes. great. No, oh, 100%. But that's the thing. you got a guy like George Bridge who's not getting a look in. you got Sever Reese on the wing, Rico Ioane, Brad Nenor's gone back to play uh, Mitre 10. you got Will Jordan standing on the sidelines. you got Geordie Barrett just struggling to get in the team as well. you got Bowden Barrett on the bench. Like They have just got talent and talent. And, and Bridgie... No, we know what Bridgie will bring. He's very safe. He's great under the high ball. His biggest attacking, um, his biggest attacking trait for me is his ability to chase that ball and get up and and retain those high ball kicks that Aaron Smith potentially might might go to this week. Um, so that's we're not lost. Whoever gets that that position is, you know, the thing with Bridgie, he's safe. 
he's safe. I know what he's going to bring. He's going to do his job. He's going to make his tackles. He's going to finish tries when he gets that opportunity. But then you put a guy like Will Jordan in there who's so unpredictable. He can just do something out of nothing. That's what I want to see. Someone like him getting an opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, I quite like that theory as well. as Fascinating chat, mate. We haven't even discussed the big game of, of the weekend as well, which is the Ramfurly Shield Challenge. Your Hawks Bay lads versus my Otago boys. We're going to go toe-to-toe. We're going to have a crack at it. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about that in the latter part of the, of the show, along with a little bit more of the All Blacks chat. We'll get to some of your texts too, because there are some fascinating ones on there. But we've got Paul Mwadi coming up shortly for the TAB, and I'm sure he's got a little bit of a touch-up for our man Louie too. So anyway, it's 17 minutes past eight. On Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. Big thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. 22 and a half minutes past eight o'clock. Some awesome texts there on Izzy's selection queries, and, and there are plenty to ponder, so we'll get back to some of those soon. Double eight, double three. if you if you want to be the texter of the month, I tell you what's not going to get it. It's not gonna. It's not gonna be um, this from Ethan. Hey boys, can you ask Paul? Uh, can you ask Paul if him and Louis are working together? Because that tip yesterday was Kaka as TAB would have been stoked. Cheers, Ethan. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, Ethan. I'll tell you who's not going to be sleeping on a temper bed or pillow, and that's you. Uh, but P- Paul Moore. Well, well, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Wait on. This has to go to a vote though. And Izzy and I did our dough on out on that tip yesterday too. <laughs> so Ethan might be in the box seat. <laughs> <laughs> Look, all right, that's fair. I've apologised at six thirty. I'll apologise again. It's time for a TAB live update. Paul, I've had a, a have had to do a please explain today after Desert Magic was a bit more like Desert Tragic, um, and, and I, I feel like I feel like you're not totally not to blame here as well. Um, look, to be fair to Louis, I did spring it on him at the last minute yesterday, so uh, he had to scramble a bit, and I think it showed in the results. Uh, look, we'll, we'll have another go next week, um, so you've got a whole week to plan this out for next Wednesday, Louis. So I think we, we give him a we put a line through this one, we move on, and we look forward to next Wednesday. <laughs> Oh, spoken like the TAB's had an absolute <laughs> fluff on the back of that information. Why don't we give punters another chance to, to win some money? We've we've got our NRL multi-buster uh, once again this weekend. Just place a four or more leg NRL multi and get a refund up to $50 as a bonus bet if your multi-bet misses by one leg. Um, so why don't we all uh, throw a le- an NRL uh, leg in and uh, we'll put that multi together and then I'll flick Louie a $50 bonus bet and he can place uh, that bet for some lucky listener that you guys can give, uh, give it away to. And if it misses by one leg... We'll give that uh, lucky listener a $50 bonus bet anyway. So there's two chances for a lucky listener to win some cash with SENZ and the TAB. Oh, beautiful. Love beautiful. this. Beautiful. I love this. I'm going to. We Last time we went really wide and we got a big result, but I, I am. I've burnt enough. 
pocket money to know that it doesn't happen all the time. So I'm just going to anchor it off the top. I'm taking the Storm overs against the Raiders, and you guys are going to hate the odds. But $1.25, I think 13 plus is just a lock here, and 25% will take it. They okay. have been very, very good to punters uh, over this season. They, um, they're almost better than a bank. Uh, so I like the way you're thinking there, Louis. <laughs> can you can you let us know what the Warriors 13 and over is paying against the Bulldogs, please, Paul? Wow, yeah. <laughs> uh, Warriors 13 and over, $2.10. And what's oh. 1 to 12 paying? $3.20. Oh, I have some of that. 1 to 12, they're going to win by 12. So I'll have the three twenty, please. Perfect. Wow, we. Uh, what about Izzy now, Izzy? I hope you've done your homework, bro. I'm going to take... Mate, I was listening to Benji Marshall last night, potentially his last year in the NRL, the great man. So I'm going to take his team, the Rabbitohs, to beat the Titans. Now, I'm glad you brought that up, Izzy, because all of our legs have to pay $1.20 or more to qualify for the NRL <laughs> multi-buster. So you can't have the bunnies because they're only paying $1.16. <laughs> $1.16. <laughs> Talk about getting wow. windy. How windy have you got us? Oh. Oh. Uh, wow. <laughs> okay, okay. Oh, what are they paying 13 and over? Oh, uh, yeah, love where you're going here. Uh, Rabbitohs, 13 and over, $1.53. Oh. Man, those are yuck olds. Okay, we'll take them 30 and over. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're actually our partners. You probably shouldn't say that about the team. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> the people want more. Give us more, Paulie. <laughs> uh, look, I'd like, the, I'd like this to get off the ground in the first week that we do it. So I'm just going to throw the Newcastle Knights in there to beat the Cronulla Sharks. I like the look of the Knights team. They're pretty much back to full strength now. They've got the two big uh, Saifidi boys propping up that uh, pack. And uh, with Kalen Ponger at the back, I think they're a, a big, big chance. So the Knights to win at $1.44 over the Cronulla Sharks. Our multi comes out to $8.81. Beautiful. Okay. Eight dollars eighty. What was your leg, uh, Louis? Sorry, I missed your one again. What was it again, man? It was Melbourne 13 plus. We've got you, Warriors 1 to 12. We've got the Rabbitohs 13 plus and Newcastle head to head. So a $50 bonus bet on that. What would that return, Paul? Uh, what's that? Eight eighty one. Crikey! Gets the abacus out. Forty five dollars equals my. So because we're using a bonus bet, you don't get the fifty. So that would uh, return three hundred and ninety dollars and fifty cents. Oh, you see, that's not bad. It's lovely. Yeah, yeah. And I, I heard, um, I heard Izzy's going to be at Kidnappers on the 9th of October. Uh, could you? Could you repair your pitch marks and all your divots? Because I think I'm playing there the week after, as he and I. I like a flat track. <laughs> yes, fella. Yes, fella. Don't worry. My pitch marks will be in the rough, mate. You'll be straight down the middle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Outstanding, Paul. Promotions in play and hundreds of sports markets to choose from. Visit tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly. R18. So now we've got to give this puppy away. 
That, that's that's going to be a, a challenge because I know everybody's going to come through for this because this is looking lovely. This looks like a great little multi. Double eight, double three. If you want a piece of this, uh, what should we ask the texters, boys? I mean, we could keep coming in with the, the the wild food, the wild different, the wild foods festival that Izzy's created today. Or, or do you have anything you would like to ask the people? I'm lumping for that text before about your tips to win, but I'm <laughs> happy to be outvoted. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you reckon is? Well, I think it's time for the news, isn't it? We've got to give this away. We've got to give this away. All right, double eight, double three. Keep coming in with your crazy different food combinations and we'll pick one of those. Give us your TAB account number two, uh, who you are and your mobile phone number. It is time for the news with Trudy. Thank, with Trudy, thanks to Kubota. Together we are building and shaping New Zealand. <laughs> Thank you, Trudy. 28 minutes away from 9am on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. You've just had Paul Moate coming on, and we've got an NRL multi, which is looking very, very nice. All you have to do to get a piece of this is Izzy and his food show, which has come to Baz and Izzy for breakfast, which we are loving. We want to know your weird food combinations that you've got coming through on the text line. Double eight, double three. Include your TAB number and your name, and somebody can have a piece of this lovely sports multi. I tell you what's been making the news this morning, boys. You've been all over it. This Andrew Calloway, the golfer that Baz keeps calling him, it's really made a splash. <laughs> so I don't know. I think we've been on the pulse here. He, and I think as he's right, I don't feel like the players are going to love this. And, and um, yeah, he's really managed to get across the news websites, which isn't a good thing because what, do you guys, if you, do the All Blacks, do they check their Herald and their stuff apps? Is he? Is that how it works? Um, look, yeah, they'll, 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 they'll know they're there. They'll know they're there. Honestly, they'll see them and they'll say, okay, what's this? Um, you know, most of the boys got Twitter. Most of the boys have stuff. Um, you know, like I so said, they'll, they'll know they're there. And like I said, the Australians outfit, I know Dave, Dave Rennie would, I'm sure, will be, um, you know, not, not very happy with what he's come out and said. It, it's like I said, just pokes the bear, gives the boys ammo and, they're in already a tough week where the people are starting to question, you know, the the aura of the team. Doesn't need the Wallabies to come out and say that. And as a player, they will be feeling the black backlash, and they'll be hurting inside, and they'll 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 be taking it personally. So yeah, look forward to seeing the little backlash come Saturday. Oh yeah, I'm going to repeat that same quote from before, just in case. Mr. Callaway is listening. Beware the quiet man, for while others speak, he watches, and while others act, he plans. And when they finally rest, he strikes. Do not poke the bear that is the All Blacks, because they will find a length, maybe even two. And I don't see it ending that well for the Wallabies this weekend. But hey, who knows? One good, uh, one good text here as well. Uh, is it morning, boys? Great chat. My thoughts are that our bench didn't make an impact. So if there are going to be any changes, that's where you'll see them. Cheers, gig. That's that's a pretty fair point, actually. What do you think about that? Yeah, hundred percent. Um, like Dane Coles, we spoke to him last week, and now I know why he's grumpy. He's obviously injured and uh, missed the game. So someone like Colsey, who has his little nickels, hopefully he's back because he's uh, brings a ton of experience and he's so good on that field. He won't take any any rubbish chat, or he'll be getting right into Andrew Callaway in the game. So looking forward to seeing him out. And I want to know, 
If anyone knows how, how Joe Moody's tracking at the moment, someone like Joe Moody in that front row, he will be an unbelievable asset when he comes back from uh, his long injury and hopefully he can get some game time in, in the Bunnings NPC and things like that. So someone like him and then you got Luke Jackson, he's going to probably go in the starting lineup. Patrick Tuipolotu, he was on the bench. Does Scott um, Barrett come back from his injury? So there's a lot of questions. Yeah, last week... I don't think the bench came on in that last uh, 20 minutes. And, and and like I spoke about yesterday, traditionally that has been the All Blacks setup. You know, that, that last 20 minutes when the game's so tight and then your bench comes on and, and brings that much-needed impotence, um, that's that's what they need this weekend. I know that, you know, Fozzie would have spoke about it in the review all week that the reserves need to come on and provide that punch. So I'm looking for a few changes in that in that reserves make up so that's a great great question i've got another text here actually as well the, the starting back line potentially could be bowden barrett leonard brown two will jordan Severe reese and geordie at the back that's a very very interesting um we we set up there is that a is that a hurricane supporter i think <laughs> definitely <a> hurricane support <laughs> <laughs> but i mean yeah. there's so many different options right and, and I keep mm. banging on about it, but the word cohesion is just so important. You've got to find, you don't necessarily need the best players in those spots, but you need the, the ones yeah. who gel the best and, and are able to get the best cohesion in the pressure moments. And I think, you know, in Bledisloe especially, well, I've never played at Bledisloe, you're, you're the one who can talk on this, but I'm guessing that the pressure is as high as it is in any other form of rugby. So you need that cohesion to be able to really bring the best out in those around you. Baz, I want to ask you, what what kind of what backline would you be running with uh, from a fan's point perspective? What would you like to see in this All Blacks um, setup? Um, look, I think Aaron Smith at nine. I think Mwanga at ten. Obviously, you've got Leonard Brown and and um, what's Majiga in the in the uh, midfield, and then I'd go personally. I'd Harvilly. go Jordy at the back as well. Harvilly, yeah, he's good, eh? Harvilly's good, proper yeah, player. He's very good. Um, yeah, sorry, his name just escaped me for a second there too. What's Majiga's not really nah, good player. He'd have a great step. He'd have a hell of a step and a turn of foot if he was. But anyway, um, and then I'd I'd have Geordie Barrett at the back personally because I do like the ability um, for him to be able to dominate with his kicking game and also um, his presence with his size too. And it's nothing against Damien McKenzie, but I think McKenzie coming off the bench when things are just a little more broken kind of towards the back end of a game, I think is just absolutely dynamite. So I'll be starting with Geordie. I'll be, I'm really fascinated in the kicking game as well, mate, because I, I felt last week um, from a layman's sort of view of it, I just felt as if the Wallabies uh, midfield was rushing up with like an umbrella defence and was shutting down our midfield yep. options. And I would love to have seen us put a couple of little, whether they were grubber kicks, chip kicks, or even just those sort of wide kicks into the tram lines and then, back your defensive line to chase it up. That's I wouldn't mind just seeing a little bit more of that creativity to then put the Wallabies on the back foot, and then we can start spinning the ball. Um, but that's coming from a cricketer who likes beer. But that's not necessarily that's a, that's a great point. Oh, that's a great point, Bez. I, um, well, I was thinking about that the last couple of days. Yeah, traditionally, when the All Blacks have gone well, they've kicked really well, but they haven't kicked willy-nilly. They've, they've actually made it a, a contestable. So they've either kicked it to make it a 50-50 chance for either team to get it back. So that's putting uh, pressure on a Jordan Pataya and an Andrew Callaway, two very 
uh, inexperienced players. So for me, when I see that, I'm like, okay, let's let's see what these boys are made of. Let's put the ball on them and chase hard and, and see if they can handle the, the pressure. They didn't do that last week. And whenever they kick long, you either kick to land and you and you, you hit the ground and that turned the, the, the wingers and the fullbacks around to give them limited amount of time. Last week when they did that with Moonga and even Harvilli playing 12, he's had extra... Uh, uh, kicking as well, he's got great feet. He can kick off both feet and, and kick really well. When they did land on the ground, it put the Wallabies under pressure. But when they kicked long to hand and just gave them an opportunity to attack, that's where um, Australia got back in the game. So yeah, you, you're dead right with the kicking. They need to kick better. Aaron Smith, I love to see him put it up, put some pressure on these young wingers, Korobiti if he comes back in, and see what they're made of and get the give the likes of Rico Yuan an opportunity to chase. Stevie Reese, who's very good in the air, an opportunity to chase. Or even if Geordie Barrett's at the back, why don't you swap him with uh, Yuani mm. so he can chase some kicks? Because he is unbelievable in the air. So, yeah, you're dead right, mate, with their kicking ability. They need they need to kick a lot better this week. All one for the cricketers. Excellent. Got the, the seal of approval from the great man, Izzy Dag. It is 20 minutes to nine. We are coming towards the end of our show, but we're not done yet. We've still got a bit to bit to go and we've got Ian Smith coming up a little bit after that as well to join us on the temper sleep on it and we're going to ask him a question which he will sleep on and get back to us tomorrow but for now it is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ 15 minutes away from 9 o'clock when Ian Smith stops in and takes us through till midday. 0800 150 811 is the Kennards Hire phone line. Double eight, double three. Oh, you guys have been on fire today with your texts and there's lots of nominations potentially for our text of the month, which will win a temper bed. The text of the week could come from today. There's been some great stuff there on double eight, double three. You would win yourself a temper pillow. And there's more. They haven't stopped this morning yet, Baz. No, they haven't, and this is an interesting one. This one's from Albion Napier, and this is our exact <laughs> point about poking the bear. Why would the ABs give two beep about what a no-name Australian rugby player, Battler, has to say? The bloke was battling to make his club side Ramwick a couple of seasons ago. Now he's a wallaby. Just get Brody to give him a tickle up at the bottom of a ruck. Albie, that is the exact point. How much has this grated you? Now we're starting to go, who's this bloke? He's nothing. <laughs> And we're climbing into him. We're just going to give him a touch-up at the bottom of the rug. This is the point. It's rolled you up, LB. Imagine how the All Blacks are feeling, eh, is? Yeah, 100%, mate. And he's got it right there. Because Brody, we heard from Dane Coles, you know how angry Brody gets at training. And the, and the boys have said nothing. They've done nothing to Brody. Now this kid's come out and sprayed the All Blacks. I can only imagine Brody when uh, Andrew Calloway's running straight at him and Brody Retallick's eyes are just lighting up. So, uh, mate, it's a, that's a fair summation. Uh, what else we got here? Morning, lads. Not sure if this was said already, but surely Ian Smith is a Bobby the Brain Heenan prototype. He, no, we're not poking the bear. That's a silly, silly text message. We're not poking the bear. We're not poking the bear. Oh, what? what about this one, Baz? I want to know if you've, you've had this one, Bears. Classic potato chip and Marmite sandwich. Can't bloody beat it. I absolutely love that sandwich. That is such a goodie. Really? Oh, I wouldn't have that sandwich. Have you never had it? There's no way I'd... No, there's no way I'd have that sandwich. Not a prayer. You add, you, you add a about... little bit of cheese, mate. It is so good. Yeah, you've got a real affection for Mar- Marmite, haven't you? Do you like Marmite or Vegemite? 
No, like Vegemite. My wife's Australian and she sort Do of corrupted me into, into Vegemite. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not, oh, I don't have a lot of it, to be fair. But anyway, we've got some, we've got the doyen listening in on us, and he's already given us grief about a uh, our IQ and b uh, content. So we better we better stop talking about marmite and Vegemite. Wait, start talking you, about some real sport, notice, otherwise he's going to have a go at us. Did you did you notice how I backtracked on that little uh, little text message when I saw Ian Smith sitting in the studio? I backtracked real quick. I couldn't believe you're reading it. Actually, I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, like you are seriously. Poking the beer here, and and it I'm wasn't even us. You... No, it wasn't us. Oh, don't it wasn't do it us, because really. it's not it's not worthwhile. No. Right, we're gonna we're gonna get to Ian Smith shortly, and it's uh, what is it? Eleven minutes away from nine. It's been a fun Thursday. Let's get to some serious stuff soon. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SNZ. It's six minutes away from Ian Smith. Just having a little bit of lag getting him up this morning. Nothing to do with the Hawks Bay Fibre, though. That is strong, as this show has been at five minutes away from nine. 0800 150 811 is the Kennards High phone line. Staffy coming up after Ian Smith. Get in touch with him at some stage today. I've got a winner for our TAB bet, our NRL multi-lads. I'm going to give it to Terry because... Terry has come through with white, be- white bait and sweetbread fritters on fresh white bread with a cold Steinlager, and I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that he's not talking about a Steinlager classic. Oh, that interesting. is useful. You know what sweetbread is? Baz, have you ever had sweetbread? Yeah, I think I have. Yeah, just it, explain it's, it, though. It's the, it's the lamb gland. It's a little gland and a wee a wee lamb that they take out. It's actually, it's a it's a funny taste. It's a, it's an acquired taste. Um, but in, inside a piece of white bread with uh, with some white base white bait and drown it in tomato sauce, it'll go down an absolute treat, I reckon. And I was more focusing on the cold Steinlager, if I'm being honest. <laughs> and just just quickly, so. So, Louis, how come you got to choose that? Well, my vote went in for that other text. Oh, Did um, you get a voters? <laughs> nah. Didn't get anything. Well, it's like a Zimbabwean election. <laughs> <laughs> I am not Robert Mugabe, and this it was. It was. I don't know if your text had a TAB number attached to it, and I like it when people listen to the rules. Um, so, oh, right. but and I also just thought it was one that was just kind of universally we could we would all love and the sweet bread and the white bread. I just felt it was very kiwi with the steiny. I just felt like it was on brand, you know. It felt like a bit of Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Sorry, I made an editorial call there, but I will uh, run that past yeah. the skip next time. Well, I actually saw some okay. absolute no, no, rippers no in here, but you've obviously gone through and t- oh no, here's one, here's one. I wanted to give it to Richard and handmade mayo spread on a losing TAB ticket from Louis. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted it to give it to that one. <laughs> oh. That would have got my vote as well, was Thanks, You get asked to tip one out at a bottomless record with the mud's up to their knees in the last minute. And you'll never, I'll never live it down. Nah, it's fine. It's fine. You just got to wear the stuff. Two minutes. You'd spend two minutes talking yourself into tipping it out as well. <laughs> here. It's like, oh, that? yeah, it's drawn wide. They're going to they're gonna be coming down the outside of that time in the afternoon. It's like, <laughs> it was, if you were, ever there was a scramble, it was right then. Could hey, you... just quickly, I know we've, I know we're having a couple of issues with, uh, with Smitty's, uh, 
connection, which is probably a good thing because we poked the bear before with that comment about what wrestler yeah. he would have been. So yeah. we, we might have got so away with one there. We might have dodged one of <laughs> I'm so happy, mate. When I heard that his headphones are not working, I was like, yes, because I started reading the text. <laughs> and then the more I got into it, I was like, oh, no, there's going to be a bit of backlash from here. And then you know how to notice how I sidetracked real quick? So what does that mean? Do we stay on air for another two hours or what if Smithy can't get on? We're off in in two minutes, ten seconds, aren't we? Oh, you're hungry and I've got to go and track down a Steinlager. What about this text as well from Chris? What Smithy got for his three-leg $1.80 multi today? That's a bit stiff, isn't it? That's that's poking the beer too. She's some brave people out there today. Chris is brave. Izzy's brave. (laughs) <laughs> what, Andrew, the golfing fella, he's real brave. Far out. There's some brave people sandwich? just poking at the ear on um, What about this sandwich, Baz? Salt and vinegar chips with cheese, ham, lettuce, gherkins, and a multigrain bread. Oh, that just makes me so hungry. Gherkins, too. You into your gherkins? Yeah, I love a gherky, mate. You know, I love a gherky. No, nah, well, only in my... McDonald's like hamburger or cheeseburger—that's <laughs> about it. <laughs> but it's normally on a—it's normally on a Sunday morning after a, just a couple too many Steinlagers and poor, poor punting tips from people who meant to know better. <laughs> anyway, we're not going to get Smitty today. Well, not for us anyway. Hopefully, he'll be ready for his own show because that'd be weird if he's not on his own show. Well, we've had a good time today. WWE, WWF wrestling, whatever you want to call it. We're dialing it back on that. That was good fun. We went circa 1995. And we also had some great guests on as well. We had Izzy Westbury, who is uh, commentating for us on SNZ up there in the UK as we cover the England-India Test Match ball by ball live on SNZ from tonight at 10pm. We had Guy Havelt from Isolation. We had Phil Jones reminiscing back on the exploits of the 2002 Tall Blacks performances and we talked many things including Izzy Dag hitting every note that we need to hit when it comes to the All Blacks and the selection dilemmas and tactics which they need to employ. It's been a good morning on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. We thank you for joining us. Massive thanks to all of our team and a big kakitiano. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.